to the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. I'm James Lewis from Simply Serpents. And I'm April Justine from Designer Exotics. Each week, we'll discuss what is happening in herpetoculture on social media, YouTube, and even on other podcasts. We will share our opinions and thoughts on current events, as well as the opinions of you, the listener. Make sure to check out our Facebook and Instagram for interactive polls and posts where you can tell us what you were thinking. Then listen for your name each week as we share your opinions on the podcast. So sit back and relax. Here's the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. Welcome to episode 38 of the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. What is up, count, everybody? I can count all the way to 38, April. Well, I mean, I couldn't get past, what, 26 or 24? I don't remember where it was when I messed up, saying it was half a year or something. <laughs> That's okay. I look pretty, so I don't have to be smart, right? That's, is that conceited? <laughs> I don't know what to... like, I'm just. I'm not even going to give you room to even answer that. I'm not going to set you up. So you're in the frozen north right now, like yeah. the real frozen north, like I as north in, as you can. I'm in Alaska. I am an hour out of Anchorage right now, um, visiting my sister and my six-month-old niece, niece that I met two days ago. Uh, so that's fun. So if you hear some craziness going on in the background, it is not my cats this time. Uh, it's going to be some dogs and possibly a baby. And a moose. We went moose hunting today, trying to find one. Um, wait, it, wait, did you go moose hunting or just looking for a moose? We were looking for a moose. <laughs> That's two different things. I know. I'm like, you really went to go shoot a moose? <laughs> no, uh, but we didn't find any, though. I was really sad. That's the one thing I really wanted to do. But I'm leaving in like 12 hours to yeah, head to the airport. Wanna, so. I don't want to live somewhere where like in the mornings when I have to walk to my car, I have to wonder, is there a bear at my car? I don't no, want that. right? They have grizzlies out here. That's crazy. Those things are Fuck big. That. But no, yeah, no, I'm excited. You. I'll pass. I'll come back during the summer when we can actually do things because it's actively snowing right now. So interesting. Yeah, I'll pass on that. Yep. <laughs> that's where, that's where, like the people from the north always complain about how hot it is in the south. I'm like, yes, it is, but I don't ever shovel snow. I know. My sister or was freaking out ice. about it. Yeah, she was. I mean, it's like slush right now. So you know that that first. Snow is like a mix of kind of no, icy. No, I don't. I live in the south. I oh, don't you're right. Know. You're right. So the first snow <laughs> is kind of a mix, and right now it's just slushiness. And my sister, being from Southern California, was freaking out about it. I'm like, well, girl, you better get used to it because it's just going to get worse as the season goes on. So enjoy. <laughs> Fuck that. That's too cold. <laughs> I, I watched Deadliest Catch, and that's about as close as I'm getting to that. Yeah, I'm probably. Oh, by the way. Go, go get me some crab legs or something while you're there. <laughs> okay, I'll bring those back. No problem. <laughs> just just go find you a pot, open it up, give me some crab It's easy on TV. They do it on TV all the time. <laughs> uh, so, before we go any farther, let me go ahead and do our sponsors. One, because I just hung out with our sponsors this weekend. Yay. So, uh, first sponsor, Herb's Reptile Shows. Sean and Lori, who I saw this weekend at Slidell, which was an awesome show. I sent Sean a message to see what the attendance was. I don't know what the attendance was this weekend. But it was insane. Let alone our our, our silent auction uh, raised four thousand dollars, and that was to help some of our our vendors that do all the shows that ha- live in Lake Charles. They lost um, their family, lost like their houses and stuff. So the last three shows, the auctions have been go to help them. Uh, but we raised four thousand dollars at this show, and that's the same that we raised at Conroe, and that's the huge show that they do every year. So I mean, wow. it was pretty good. People must the have been itching going to a show, right? Yeah, I mean, the line was wrapped around the entire building for the first, I don't know, three, four hours. Um, Grant, we couldn't, we could only have a certain number in there because Louisiana, it's not in size much like, like Texas is like, yeah, let everybody in. Uh, 
Louisiana has a little more rules there. But it was slammed. I did pretty good. I, I sold three snakes, and then I sold a bunch of little bioactive habitats. So. Well, that's good. I know. I paid for the weekend, so that's that was the important part. Please remind me to get um, some bugs from you. <laughs> I don't have bugs. I have ah. crustaceans. Oh, my gosh. I really thought that you were telling me you were out. But, okay, l- let me have crustaceans from you, please. Don't let me forget. I so. Isopods are crustaceans. Okay. you Yeah, you they fooled have, me today. <laughs> they have gills, damn it. Which is pretty cool. Uh, but speaking of the Herb Reptile shows, you can come out next weekend, or this weekend, and see me in Beaumont, Texas for the Halloween show. Wear a costume. Have fun with that one. Uh, I plan on making a... Uh, I, I bought it today. I, it was last second, but I'm going to make a candy shoot so I can drop candy on one side and come out the other and, you know, COVID safe. But it's also because I get to... I'm going to make it look like a Samboa. So I'll drop it in. It'll come out Samboa's mouth and into their bucket. That's pretty cool. Very That's crafty. Really Are you going to do that or is your wife going to do that? Because I feel like that has I've her got, name written all you, over I'm it. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm a super crafty person, damn it. All right. <laughs> I, uh, we'll show you. I can't say my daughter's costume uh, that we're going to have at Beaumont, but we'll show you pictures of it when she wears it next week. And I'll tell you, when you see the all the detail, I'm the one that did that. So Okay, good to know. Noted. That is next week, October 31st and November 1st in Beaumont, Texas. The week after that is Lafayette, Louisiana, November 7th and 8th. You will be there. I will be there. And I'll have some bloods with me, too. And she'll have bloods. Come by, get bit, enjoy that. That'll be fun. I know. I haven't fully tamed them yet. Warning to anyone. But they're pretty, so. <laughs> I, just, I just picture, like, you open a tub with a chair and a whip. It's like the lion oh, from the circus. Right. Yeah, some of them need that. There's two that are just like, whew, not so good. The other ones have calmed down immensely since they first hatched, so. They just need I mean, work. They just need love. I don't think they can get worse from when they hatch, right? Like, there's no. That's I mean, maybe. I don't know. Are. If they're really nice when they come out and then they, I don't know, go through a bad experience. Does that, does that exist? Really nice maybe. when they come out? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I conf- I had to question myself at first, but yes, I've had some that came out have come out very nice. Actually, uh, so all of my hygiene ones, the ones that are um, like the the high NT negative visual stuff, those are all sweet, sweet snakes right out of the egg. Guys, your cheap stuff are assholes. <sighs> yeah, you just got to spend money with me. Apparently, so, I don't know. <laughs> so look cheap, folks. You can either spend money and get a nice one, or be cheap and get a mean one. Those are your options. But I'm working with the ones that are mean, and they're turning around. So I have faith. Good luck with that. So that's, <laughs> that is next week. That's November 7th and 8th. Uh, I, the one show I'm not doing in this group is the Stafford, Texas show, show, November 14th and 15th. That's just south of Houston. Come out and see that show. And then there's the New Orleans show, November 21st and 22nd. And the last time I was at that show was with you, and that was when COVID broke out and then everything shut down. Yep. So that was also the weekend that I got my uh, – uh, Brettles Python, because I ordered it at the show from Nick Mutton. <laughs> yeah, you're so excited. He gets so giddy. You guys just don't even know. Like, offline, he gets so freaking giddy when he orders a new snake, which I think most people honestly do. But it's kind of nice and refreshing to see how giddy James really gets and how excited and how he talks about it in every single conversation. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> I should start a YouTube it. channel, and I'll, and I'll do unboxings every week, and I'll just keep ordering snakes every week. <sighs> and you'll only ever see them for the unboxing. You'll never see them again because I'm just going to take horrible care of them. No, never mind. There's, there's enough of that already. I'll stop there. Oh. So, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so that's, that's her, the Herbs Reptile shows. And then our other sponsor, Robert over at Lone Star Reptile Racks, which I was next to him all weekend, and I think I'm next to him next weekend, and I think I'm next to him the weekend after that. 
I'm next to his booth most weekends. So I want to, if you need a really good reptile rack, see him. He did, it was a slow Saturday, but he finished off pretty well. And then he already has like six pre-sales for New Orleans in a month and a half. That's crazy. So yes, if you plan on wanting a rack, you're going to be at any of these shows, contact him. He can have it for you at the shows. Uh, Really, really nice racks. So awesome oh, i want to give a shout out to his son logan who picked up a really awesome palmetto corn this weekend that was a palmetto i thought it was something else well, like no, coral no 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 he, no he picked no he did he picked up the the adult coral snow uh he got that one and then on sunday towards the end from my other friend jt on the other side of me from grant's family exotics uh he picked up a, a really awesome looking palmetto well i'm jealous y'all know how much i love those palmettos oh my gosh it, it was it was it was really good. I mean my buddy had he had uh, like caramels, butters, anneries. Uh, this is kind of the first time I've really seen all the morphs. And I'm gonna tell you what, a regular palmetto is better than all of them. I I agree personally. I had, agree with that, and that's what I want. He also had the most pointless palmetto morph, a blizzard. <laughs> it's just a white snake. I mean, can you see like the flecks that are supposed no, to be it's, colored? There's no flex. No, because a blizzard's I mean, that Maybe like blizzard corns are white. Yeah, I thought maybe the flex would be like a different, like textured nope. white or something. Maybe the, maybe they'll no, turn into like yellow when they get older. You know, corns kind of get the yellow down the the blushing. Maybe yeah, like well, a regular blizzard has no pattern. It's the snows that have pattern. Blizzards have no pattern, and uh, this one's just a solid white. Well, snake. I mean, they tried. You never know until you try and see what I happens. Mean, so it's true, but theoretically, I understand. But it's a really expensive white snake. Huh? Hey. I can go buy a blizzard. Granted, it'll make palmettos. So yeah, the babies will be cool, right? When you grow them up and put the time in so, to have that project go through its cycle. But I, I know Logan listens to us because Robert's a horrible father and lets his kid listen to us. I don't know. I mean, damn. Hi, I Logan. Yeah, let my daughter. But yes, Logan will be at Lafayette. I think maybe possibly. So yeah, Logan, you'll get to meet April. Yay! He listens. He listens to our podcast and. He's a cool kid. I can interview I him. Really, I really want his palmetto. <laughs> cool. We could interview him. No, I'll just give you an idea. You're like, yes, I'm going to. Anyway, cool. All right, so let's move on to who we actually have on here tonight. Uh, so we have Rob Stone of High Plants Herpticulture, and that was who our original guest was. And then Rob was like, no, I'm going to go ahead and invite whoever I want on here. And uh, and so he messaged me and says, hey, can Eric come on? I'm like, I guess. I don't. He's not really qualified to be on a podcast, but. So we do have Eric Burke uh, from, I don't know, just pick a podcast. He's on it now. He's got, he's got 50. Just pick one. It's probably his. 48. High possibility. 40. <laughs> well, guys, welcome. What's Thank up? you for coming on to the show. Right on. Yeah, much appreciated. Yeah. I, uh, so I, I do have to share one little story. I, I shared it before on something else, but. It's a, my one story about Rob Stone and not knowing that I had a story about Rob Stone for like 15 years, but apparently I did. Uh, it was forever ago when I ordered a pair of adult boa constrictors offline from some random company in Colorado, or out in Colorado. And uh, they came in there too. It was a male and a female. And it was two boxes taped together. It said live frogs on it because before you had all the reptile shipping companies. And uh, that story has always made me crack up. And then it was like, I don't know, six months ago when I realized, oh shit, that was Rob. So, yeah, I just thought that was hundred percent funny. I, I'd always, <laughs> I just like, it just I, I couldn't imagine the person delivering that box that said live frogs, and they were, it was like a six foot female and a five foot male, and they were heavy. Like that's a lot of fucking frogs. 
So those are heavy frogs, big ass frogs. <laughs> big, big ass frogs. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, this was back in the days when you'd take them, you know, the only accessible thing from where we were at was a FedEx store. And so it was kind of, okay, I'll get these special labels and then put in a great deal of effort showing them. We legitimately did have frogs, and that was so our uh, UPS, I'm sorry, back in those days it'd be UPS. Um, we had, uh, were certified to ship geckos and frogs and things, but they were fussy about snakes. And especially in that sort of a UPS store situation, you know, that's not going to go great. So I bought, I brought in some big, uh, Phylomedusa bicolor, the big giant waxies and, and showed him those and says, yeah, these are some of the, what we're working with and all that stuff. And yeah, I don't know. never got any negativity associated with any of the stuff that went through there. So all good. That was good. <laughs> so did you have, was that back in the day? I know FedEx used to make you do it, but did you have to make up a mock box and send it in and get it approved? Or? Right, yeah. So that, that was at that time. And that, the reason I caught it, that it, that was UPS, is that was during a, so it's ebbed and flowed where that at that point, you couldn't ship live animals FedEx. You could only do UPS. And so initially all these, the shipping, I think Ship Your Reptiles was the first one that had come about and they were doing it with UPS at first and then somebody shipped something they shouldn't, I think. And so ultimately that coincided with FedEx becoming okay with it probably because there was, you know, they were seeing some of that business, the, the demand for it. And so we were able to shift from one to the other as an industry. Um but yeah, so that was actually a UPS account, but all the things you're talking about in terms of getting, sending the dummy box and getting individual approval and all that stuff, it was much, much different than it is today. Yeah, it's so much easier now. <laughs> like, you just, I, I go to the show, because I ship reptiles to you, Debbie's at like the Herp shows I do, so I just go up to Debbie, I'm like, hey, I need stuff, and she hands me a box, and I, I'm ready to go. And then if anything happens, I just call her, and she takes care of all of it. So... It's yeah. it's an awesome like anybody that has never had to worry about like receiving like if you just got into the hobby you have no idea what shipping was like and honestly the way Rob did it was even better than what most people were doing like even though he put frogs on it and it wasn't frogs some people just put it in a box and sent it and it was like hope it gets there yeah and at least, at least you legitimately were working with frogs it wasn't total bullshit yeah. <laughs> um, between yeah. that and the frogs and the geckos and lizards and stuff and for the most part i you know you you had told me that and i I have the pictures of the animals that i sent you but it was i had gotten five or six of them from a buddy of mine that i worked with the pro exotics and i think that's what those were and so it was just kind of unusual for us for me to be sending something that size and not just taking it delta we also had delta approval um so that was probably basically a one-off in terms of sending something that would be that heavy and not, you know, obviously the size to put two of those boxes together and all that stuff. Um, so I think yours was probably the most extreme, most eye-catching example of like, uh, what is this, 5,000 dart frogs or Phylomedusa or whatever? <laughs> yeah. Well, I did learn an important life lesson from those snakes. Uh, big males don't do shit. Because like, I put them together and he wouldn't want to do anything. He was just, he was, I mean, he was a great pet, but he was like, yeah, I'm not going to touch her. I'm, I'm just going to hang out in my corner. And then I put a little tiny male in there. He'd go to town. So I was like, all right, all my males from now are staying under five feet. And they do much better now. My, my male now, if I put them in there, if I put them in there with her right now, I'm sure he'd go to town. No doubt, man. But, yeah. Over the years, just, we finally learned, well, maybe not everyone, but some of us have finally learned <laughs> That males being big, lean, mean, breeding machines, otherwise, you know, they're fat and they're lazy, so. 
Yeah, bigger is not always better. Yeah. Although you don't see the pictures like you used to on King's Day. I remember on King's Day seeing boas that were just ridiculously huge. But you don't see those pictures float around Facebook as much as you did on King's Day. I remember seeing them going. That, they, and it, they weren't just like BCCs or BC now. I mean, they were just massively fat BCIs. 100%. So, yeah. Maybe. As I, actually, April, so as I was thinking about it, the and I don't know if you never got any blood pythons from me, I don't think. But during that, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of what we'd be shipping would be baby blood pythons farmed from Cameron. You know, go pick them out. And you were talking about them being tame or not. And the uh, the thing that jumps to mind is going to his place and picking them out of the bag. And when you got 12 newborns in a single bag or then putting them into a 28 quart, and it's like, yeah, they just set one another off. And, you know, it's just sort of like the incubation <laughs> box where they're spring loaded. But there are some that are all right, you know, even even some of the, the normal ones. But, uh, yeah, at some point, or maybe you can check it out on Facebook on the the page. I have all those old pictures. You should look up uh, the Blood Python Gallery I have on Facebook. I think some of those things might be uh, of interest. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Well, it's like. You know, people will tell you, you know, blood pythons are good. And if, and I know I've seen April's got really nice, calm, large bloods, and a lot of people do. But there's a reason they have that history of being said that they were evil. Because for a long time, they were. Like, they, they just, they, well, they along, bit. The people kept them at too high temperatures. And yeah. if you've kept blood pythons at high temperatures, they get super nasty. Just because they're very unhappy. Um, and then they thought that they needed to be, like, super wet. And they don't need to be super wet. So they weren't necessarily keeping them... Exactly correct at the time, yeah. But now, like, people have learned and it's, you know, evolved and, and moved forward and keeping of that species is definitely a heck of a lot better uh, before we didn't know anything. So I say we, like, I was there, but I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so the people that came before me, you know, didn't necessarily know better. So that's why. Well, I think all temperatures, other than, like, my sand boas, all temperatures of every snake that I keep is now lower than what it was when I got into the hobby. Because, like, I remember boas, they would be like, yeah, 90 to 95. And there's no way my boas want it to be 95 degrees. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, totally right. And I'm, I'm with you, April. I, I don't think, for the most part, that they're bad at all. I think it's that they're different, partially, too. That people aren't necessarily used mm-hmm. to that body form and where to support them and, and to give them the support that they need. And then you can read them. I mean, based on their the, all they do with their eyes and looking at them. And you can have a sense for it. I, definitely pulled it you know pulled them cold out of boxes and stuff and i remember one in particular striped and really nice tri-stripe one from that i got from uh prehistoric pets where they must have been a cameron snake that had been sent out there but it was probably four foot long you know and I'm, it's cold got here on a cold colorado day and i'm holding it it was in a nine by nine cube box so, so this you know four foot snake wow. i don't even know how they got it in the box that's the first thing. Damn. Pull it out, you know, and i'm holding it up maybe two feet, you know, full extension, but at eye height. And I see, you know, that when they give that little twitch, and so I push my head mm-hmm. to the right, and it goes, you know, over my left shoulder, um, which I would have felt for sure. But you know, to the point is is not that the aggression, although that one was always pretty wound up, that it's it's more if you're used to what they do, then they're totally workable, no less workable than anything else. I do have right. to say, though, Ryan Rumbly has a female T-negative that is beautiful and is awful. Like, you look at her, and she launches at you. Like, I mean, she's so beautiful, and he was going to just give her to me. And I did not take her because <laughs> she's honestly that bad. I'm actually contemplating a little bit more now, but 
I don't even know if I would breed her because she's so awful. Like, can you imagine getting eggs off of something like that? I mean, literally launches her whole entire body, flips, twists, yeah. springs at you, and thing. you're just looking at yeah, it. It's, that, that, yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah. That is always festive. But it to me, it's a little bit unusual yeah, to have festive. that in a, a captive one, you know, which is obviously has been a lot yeah. more stuff. Because you'll see it in some of the wild collected stuff that comes in a decent size that they'll do that and sometimes babies will do it a little bit but yeah I, I know what you're talking about i've had a handful that uh would literally fling themselves you know three or four feet across the yeah i have stuff. i have i have zero hope for her and she's probably about one and a half years old at this oh, point i think she's just going to be <laughs> an awful terrible adult yeah so i'm like i'm really thinking like I'm thinking, okay, the setup of my room, how am I going to do that? Because I've had really bad bloods before that chill out enough to where they're they're workable and you can do things with them and they're fine. But I just don't know if this one's going to turn around or not. So we'll see. <laughs> wish me luck. Wish wish Ryan luck if he keeps right? it. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the hope in terms of breeding it would be that, you know, as long as you get on those eggs fast, you, you're around to watch them and see them and come out and whatever, they're probably going to be so wore out that it won't be that bad that day. But if you give her 12 hours on those things, yeah, you're going to pay for it. <sighs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. But we want to put my, my T-negative male that I have uh, to a couple of his females, and I'm just like, man, I don't even know if that's worth it. <laughs> like, she's beautiful, but I just don't know if that's worth right. it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> To Rob's point, it's like uh, you put a scrub python in in my hands, and you know I can no problem put a blood python in my hands, and I just I don't know, man, I can't I I just it's so different, you know. So I cradle different them like a baby. That's to. how I tell people. Cradle, cradle like, like a baby. baby. Yeah, I mean, unless they're jerks and they're going to bite your face off. Don't do that then. Yeah, you would never cradle a scrub python like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I'm going to say right now. I'm really hoping that we have no technical difficulties because I'm looking at the, like, I can see the wavelengths when people talk, and I see nothing when Eric talks. I can hear him. But, God, He's I hope that records. So I'm just going to... Yeah, I'm just, I'm just standing in the background. It's, He's not Owen here. Yeah. He's biking out the whole thing the whole time. That's always funny, making the clips for the, the NPR anniversary show. <laughs> 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 I on the download as, as I'm going, and it's like, okay, we're at a, a pretty... Uh, a good stasis here, and then you'll just have these peaks and valleys, and Owen's just going off. It's always Owen, right? It's like, oh, this will be good. I better, I better pay close attention here I for some to, clips. I used to hate listening to the old NPR recordings in the car. Yeah, just because when Owen as soon as Owen, like, anybody coming, it would just <laughs> scream. I'm like, oh god. But it's so much better. I feel bad though. I listen to some podcasts, and I'm screaming at. It. I'm like, normalize and compress your damn audio files, and then I'm like. Never mind. No one can hear me. I'm just yelling at myself now. But it's like I'm having to play with the audio the whole time because they don't – they're all at different volumes, and it drives me nuts. But that's just me being nitpicky about sound. Yeah. Pet peeve. I get the same thing on NPR. You'll see mine. they will be real tiny, and Owen's is like, you know, like – Whoa, you... hey, 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 that's <laughs> – it took me a second. As soon as I said it, I knew you were going there, man. I knew that you absolutely, 100% were going <laughs> to yep. going down that road. For it. I'm like, I'm about to hear about ball sack cats and small things. Well, her ball sack cats are several states away, so yeah. we can we can ignore them for the Oh, speaking of speaking of weather, though, I, I told Eric this this morning. So, actually, the local schools in town gave a snow day today. All the different schools. In the in Col Wait. Colorado has oh, yeah, man. Well, and the best part is that uh, here, especially if 
So on um, occasionally it doesn't happen, but today it was in the single digits to teens all day long. But uh, we get you know we're much closer to the big hot thing, so that we'll pull a snow day where it's like single digits. You get six inches of snow, and then by that afternoon where it's plowed or where you know where you shovel or whatever, it's literally dry. It's not even clear. It's dry. Oh wow! But. That's cool yeah. because then you don't have the ice. I mean, you'll still get it, especially if you get the runoff, and then then you get black ice, which is pretty sweet, uh, as opposed to like yeah, it's supposed to be great yeah, time. you know, as opposed to the northeast or whatever, where you'll get uh, when I lived in Michigan, right? Starting th- it would snow every day, some amount between Thanksgiving and Valentine's Day, basically, but it would just build up and all this stuff. But at least you have the snow to kind of help mollify the ice, and yeah, the black ice isn't like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'll, okay I'll with pass not on having snow. snow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying the but same that. thing. I will tell I'm okay without it. Having lived in Louisiana, that the January February there really sucks, man. Forty degrees and raining is the worst. Well, the great thing about it though is it may be forty degrees at a.m. and it may be ninety-five degrees at noon. So I just know, wait a man. few hours. Late January into early February, that that is. Not yeah. fun, man. I'm I'm with you. You know, and I, I don't mind well, it at all, but that that was the one time of year that was like this is brutal. <laughs> but there's no snow. Like I always tell people like, yes, yeah, snow would be great to visit. It's a wonderful thing to go visit, see, play in. I don't want to have to deal with it and like like you would for weeks at a time. I guess I'm just not or at least at the time, certainly I wasn't in Colorado. It's not really a thing for the most part. I'm not an umbrella person. So maybe that was my problem. Is I was getting soaked with <laughs> the skin and then 40 degrees. So that that wasn't ideal. Yeah, I couldn't see you with an umbrella. It's not, right? yeah. I mean, no Mary Poppins for me, bro. Look, I'm just ready for fucking hurricanes to stop. That's all I want. Yeah, that's been pretty rough, huh? Yeah, we have another one coming too. Mm. When's it we're supposed fu- to hit? I don't know, in a couple of days. But we're at fucking Zeta. How the hell? That's <laughs> way too many hurricanes. That is a lot. Welcome. I to shouldn't the new learn world. the Greek alphabet for <laughs> hurricanes. The one festive hurricane story I have for you was that what was it? Oh five Daytona, um, the one that was supposed to hit Tampa, and you know Tampa is one of those places that it always. That was oh oh four. Oh four, yeah. Um, so we had stayed in Tampa. We have friends down there, and. Uh, we had stayed there, and our buddies who lived there stayed with their families that Friday night, thinking that Friday, uh, Friday and Saturday, whatever night it had come through, right? Uh, the night before it had come through, they had stayed, and we wound up in a motel in Daytona. And that night, as it was coming through, I was running around calling folks. You know, I thought it was just a trip running running around this motel, and uh, I was standing in the room against the the window, the plexiglass or whatever, and watching it bow into my hand and all this stuff. And the room that the guys would have been in, but they had stayed back in Tampa, it blew out. You know, we saw it the next morning. It blew out. We were the last car into the lot, so we were against the the beach wall, and ours was the only car that didn't have broken windows. So that that was a fun trip. Oh my goodness! Damn. Definitely different. You know, it totally ripped up Orlando. We'd gone, so we were in Tampa. Everyone in Tampa's worried. Drove through Orlando, and I I guess this must have been Thursday into Friday, something like that. And Orlando, everyone was just like, oh, it's cool. Nobody was acting weird at all. We get to Daytona, same deal. And of course, it turns off of Tampa, destroys Orlando and Daytona and all this stuff. And yeah, it was different, man. I would gladly give Florida any of our hurricanes right now. I'm just, I just want to break. I don't want to have to run a generator 
I'm done. I'm done. I want to empty my generator and be done with it for at least a few years. You don't. Well, you know that's just absolutely unrealistic, <laughs> but cool. Well we, we well, we haven't had a hurricane, a real hurricane, like, oh my God, we're since, I don't know, Gustav probably. And that was back in like 08. So we've had little ones come through, but yeah, I'm just, I'm tired of filling up a generator and having to go get gas. I, I live here. I don't deal with a lot. So I don't like it when I have to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, and also I, I laugh with like so, Eric, you and Owen living up there and it being cold, and Owen gets a fucking sulcata. I'm like, who gets a sulcata <laughs> and is gonna live in Pennsylvania? We, like what? Wait, why are you questioning Owen's choices? <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just thinking. I own he makes the greatest decisions when it comes to reptiles. You know, <laughs> I own five, and there's no way that I'm thinking, oh man, for four months or whatever, I need to bring them inside. That's why I built them a heated barn. I'm like, I'm gonna shove you in this hole. It's heated. Enjoy your hole until it warms up. I'm just imagining that thing in his house. Clearly, you haven't heard the recent retics. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did hear. Didn't he say one broke out? That's insane. Yeah. The good bit well, is that I have plenty of. I don't want to give it away. Coming show that uh, talk about Owen making fun of Eric for having retics and saying he'd never own a retic, ah, never own great. a firm. All this, all great things, man. Uh, yeah, he uh, he has two retics, and he, you know, he had the one that break out because it broke the glass. But he didn't think to change the other one's glass. <laughs> Did he change it that to happened. like plexiglass instead of like um, glass glass? Yeah, some kind no, I'm of. Guessing yeah. it broke through. The second one also broke through. So I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is this the one that's related to mine that he got from uh, Matt? One of them. Uh yeah yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah, so he has the pied one, and then he has the, I don't know, he calls it the pineapple some pineapple express, or I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, <laughs> no, I have no yeah. idea what it is. <laughs> it's a, a super tiger motley annery, possibly. Now, for a guy that talks about hippopotamus morphs and all this stuff and makes fun of me every time I say, like, a, yeah, <laughs> he's got like 15, you know, retics in one. That's, that's kind of what he's got going on. Yeah, see, he's he's gonna be that guy. Like when you see that picture online of like the uh, sulcata that's busted through the drywall, that's gonna, <laughs> that's gonna be, be his the next house. Story. <laughs> I'm getting that picture. Me and Rob will be getting that picture one time in the middle of the night for sure. What do I do, Rob? And he's gonna go. I didn't think it would do it. And like, <laughs> all you have to go is two retics, man. Come on, shit happens. Yeah, good stuff though. Uh, that's funny. That. Uh, okay, so. I did have a question for tonight posted on our Facebook, and uh, I, I'm realizing technology really doesn't want us to have a podcast, and I really don't care what it wants. But somehow, between this morning when I read some of the replies and when I got online, it completely disappeared from Facebook. Suck and, that, man. But we and can do I, it from memory a little bit. I think we're we're pretty okay. Yeah, I just – apparently putting the word boa in there was enough to get them to pull it off there. They don't like boas. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but so that's the, okay. <laughs> the, question, the question was, if you could own any boa, uh, what would it be and why? And I'm going to apologize because I don't remember anybody's names that went with their answers. I can just remember some of the answers. Um, and so I'm going to try. I know one person put berm, and I hate to break <laughs> it to them. It's not, a, not a boa. 
Uh, and if oh, anybody man. saw the asshole that put the chick shaking the feather boa, that's my father. So just ignore that one. Because <laughs> oh, uh, Jim on your podcast too, huh? Yep. <laughs> except, except he's never calling in or coming on. We're good. Uh, he just he just trolls me on on Facebook, so oh, it's okay. fine. Uh, but there I want to say there see, was Viper Boa, wasn't that one of them? Viper Boa is raw, so that was on there, and I love Viper Boa. As I've said it before, they're great. I just don't like the idea. Uh, well, I don't like the idea of getting bit. <laughs> that sucks. But I can I can get past that if it also weren't for the fact that the the babies don't want to eat mice, and I'm lazy. And I just want to feed mice. Yeah, I mean, they're actually not that bad relative to the rest of the Candoia. But, uh, yeah, so they're a little better in terms of taking mice is what I mean by that. But, yeah, I mean, they're all the worst blood python you can imagine. Well, 95% of them are the worst blood pythons. And, fortunately, they're smaller. But, yeah, they're hook snakes. And the real bummer of them is just that to keep them properly, they're gonna you're not going to see them, you know, particularly in yeah, there won't yeah. Have been I mean, it, it's the Samboa thing, except you can't even readily grab it without obviously causing them some stress based on how much they freak out. Like I said, I had one, and it was definitely an import. It was beautiful, and it never struck or bit at me, but it also starved to death. So I guess that is the curse. It's really calm. Right. That, I mean, Eric can tell you, you know, everyone uh, would always say, oh, Homohara pythons are so tame. And well, sure, they are when they're super stressed. <laughs> when they first come in and they're super stressed and all this stuff, once they're feeling themselves in their space and they're doing well and whatever, they are not. And it's actually, okay, take yeah. this as a good sign when they are not. Whenever anyone would say that to me, I'm like, all right, man, I'm a little worried about how that snake's going to do for you in the long term. Because in reality, once they feel themselves, they'll come at you. And yeah, I guess by Boa's same way. That sounds like a, a great snake that I will be avoiding. Well, they're also, they're tricky because, okay, so they're mostly imports because no, almost no one really breeds them in captivity here. And then when they come in, you have to get the jungle skin off of them. So, like, they all look mm -hmm. butt fucking ugly, but a handful of them are actually really pretty underneath there. You just got to get the crap off of them once they shed. So you could buy a butt ugly one at a show and it shed and it could be red and brown. and Yeah, and you kind of go based on small, you can see little tiny things, uh, particularly on, along the ventral. For whatever reason, that doesn't soak up the skin in the same way. Yeah. So you can, you can get some indication there. Dan Ebby up in uh, Montana, I think, um, has produced some. Uh, there are a small hand. You know, it's one of those things we say nobody and it's really like, oh, maybe there's a couple people or something. In, but it's largely... Uh, other people know that they're working with them, and if those do turn into anything, they just never show up online, that sort of thing. But I'm with you. You know, they they are cool critters. Does hey Eric? Does Matt still have his? No, not the viper bows. No. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, so people are working with them, but it's as you say, it is most ninety-eight percent wild caught and all that stuff, and they're they're a tricky critter for sure. And it's just a shame because, like, they give you that whole look of a venomous little viper. Like, it's it's an awesome look. They feel great because they got the keeled scales. It's just there's too many negatives for me to go, yeah, I really want to invest money in those right now. Yeah, I hear you. So, you got to really that, like them. That was on there. Instagram might hey, – you could put up a, yeah. a picture on Instagram and everyone be like, be excited or as you, you know, alluded to earlier, right, where it's like, oh, yeah, I saw – you posted that once, that sort of thing. They're uh, – Certainly not for everyone. It, it takes a certain person that is really into them, and I think you got to be that way, or you're probably not going to have success. 
Yeah, and, and most people aren't going to like them because you can't boop their Oh, sports. I mean, you can. It just gets exciting. <laughs> anything. It's just, you know. Yeah. Oh, Rob, I like how you word things. You're like, it just gets exciting. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, I do know that some of the – one person put uh, – Boa, uh, the Longicata. Yeah. Um, that was on there. They're cool. Th- those are okay. I don't. They get darker than I like. Like I like brightly colored. Snakes. I mean, there's some cool. There's some cool stuff in those. All the. I mean, the kind of downer of that, right, is that like everyone knows about the stuff that Vin Russo is doing, especially since he has association with getting those named and all that stuff. But I mean, he has awesome animals. It's one of those things that I would keep them for yourself because you know everyone including me if they're going to buy them they're probably going to get them from vin <laughs> you know what i mean so it's it's the one of those things that it's like oh okay right. cool yeah oh i can buy this as a project by which you mean i better enjoy them because everyone's going to want to buy them from vin <laughs> they uh i know someone put oh shit what was it? i just had it on oh this goes back to owen someone had red mountain boas and Owen makes Red Mountain Boas sound like they're, I don't know, fucking indigos, and that they're going to shit up walls and squirt it across the room. Oh, they yeah, I mean, it's sort of a West Indian <laughs> Boa thing in a way. It's it's not nearly so I don't know. It's If you're into West Indian Boas, they're no different than any of the rest of them. Um, and in fact, they're probably easier than certainly at least some of them. They're They're on the front end of being easy and not doing that. Uh, so it's really funny that right. he's bitching about it. I agree. <laughs> I just—he also bitches about like everything smells bad about him. I'm like, I don't know. I've owned boas. It's not that bad. I mean, the fun bit. Oh, yeah. Fun I mean, they deal. do have a smell to them. The I mean, when you're talking really hardcore herpers, the fun bit always becomes whether you can identify snakes based on their musk, meaning like which species. Oh yeah. Okay. I know what the, you know, that sort of thing. Um, which probably is a little perverse, I suppose, but, uh, that, uh, I definitely am into that camp, you know, and working West Indian boas, loving Nerodia, Garbage all this stuff. It's like, Oh yeah, that's the thing. And it's based on what they eat and their own sort of biological chemistry and all these things and yeah you can it's like oh yeah that was a puerto rican boa which is actually relatively rare uh subflavus yeah and not so rare <laughs> uh oh my uh, my buddy uh tracy she posted that she she already has some but uh argentine boas that's another one they get black i just I, you lose the tail in Argentine boas. If you like a dark I snake, I think those are cool. I like. Them. If you like a dark snake, they're the way to go. But <clears throat> I like the red. So, like, if I was going to pick a a boa constrictor, it would have to be like a Cernam or a Guyanan, which is the opposite direction than owning an Argentine. But Argentines get huge. Yeah, Matt was showing me some of his boas, and um, I I was just talking about it on the on NPR and. Um, holy shit, are they nice, man? Are those wow. the amarilli? Like the tails on these things? No, no, these were. I love um, amarilli. I love those. He, well, you know his his those are beautiful that he has, but these were like uh, true red tails. Um, I forget what locality, you know, but um, yeah, they're uh, they're. They, I've never seen tails like that on a boa. They were beautiful. Wow. I mean, if they were bright tails, I would imagine they're either Surinams or Guyanans. Those tend to be the, that sounds the right. almost purple. Yeah, yeah, they were they were really nice. Which I mean, they're almost like the exact same thing. Yeah, so. I got a couple of those too. But that's another one, the like, gallery. I kid. 
Well, I don't. They're in there, but uh, I just just for the sake of it. But uh, I'm with you, man. Those, those are cool. Uh, the boa constrictor, right? It's a different body form, meaning constrictor and imperator. It's just a different body form and stuff than the West Indian things and Kandoe mention of that and whatever oh, yeah. you know that loaf of bread sort of you cut it in cut it with zor to be this loaf of bread you know a loaf of wonder bread sort of thing um and they are substantially larger and all that so yeah i don't know the the good bit is that uh i'm doing the anniversary clip stuff now and we're right on the front end of owen getting shit for being a boa guy so that's pretty great definitely, definitely <laughs> <coming out. laughs> nice I uh well those those West, the the West Indian boas like any of those little island boas like that are more like rainbow boa style like they're not they don't have that thick body they like to climb and they're not I don't know they're they're definitely different they just look different their head looks different yeah I mean I um, think they're the West Indian yeah. stuff the closest mainland relatives are rainbows and then into anacondas and stuff which ha- again have that sort of that I mean because they're supposed to be in water right or at least a large portion of the time in water they run heavier and kind of for the buoyancy of it so they they look a little sloppy dry especially at big sizes but um yeah i mean there's the reason they look similar is because those are their closest relatives but then you have the one weird ass outlier or i guess technically two the madagascar rambo and the doomers but it looks are very similar to your imperator and you know, constrictor and body shape and look other than like the pattern. Yeah. And that's a super weird one where we're back to, you know, you know, from being a science teacher and all this that we're back to continental shift and all the, clearly those are, have this inner relationship there. And I, I agree with you. So those, those are more closely related to the true boa, whereas the Unectes and Epicrates are the West Indian stuff. And Candelia, theoretically, I think, are more closely tied to the West Indian stuff somehow, although maybe that's changed recently. But And then, and then you have my derpy little Samboas. Yeah. Well, I love... Clear. My favorite of those, it, probably no surprise at this point, I'm sure they're the, the Instagram cuties, should anyone find them, is the Jayakari. You know, I've had those at Denver Zoo when they brought yeah. them and stuff, and uh, so seeing those, well, worked with them for a long, it was a long pro, you know, again, speaking to kind of whether we have the stamina as individuals that institutions have, and probably not for the most part, is that that was a long time project. But, you know, seeing those little babies in hand, they're, man, they are derpy looking, but they're really cool. Are those like the super uh-huh. derpy ones yeah. where their eyes are really silly? No, that's yeah. Arabians. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. They look like sock puppets. <laughs> yeah. Their, their, their eyes on top of their head look like googly eyes. Yeah, basically, yep. I want some of those so bad because they look so they're, stupid. They're cool animals, man. Oh, they're they, cool. 100%. I, uh, well, they're also weird because you, you also get the uh, the egg layers mm-hmm. fall on there because yeah. you have the Saharan Samboa so. and you have the Arabian Samboa. Yeah. But, weird boas going against the rules. I do know uh, one person did put in, now that I have my rubber boas, they're no longer on my list of what I, I would want and why because I already have them. But someone did put in the Madagascan, green Madagascan tree boas. I'm like, I, I want one of those. Very interesting heads, you know, heads and face for sure. Yes. Yeah. Well, look at those big black eyes. I mean, they're they're awesome. They're definitely in vogue at but, this point. You know, it's fun. You see it long enough, go, you know, go across the the time frame and they were definitely uh, desirable 
even this is oh, Eric can warn you about what I have to say on this sort of thing. But you know, it's it's one of those. Uh, they were definitely desirable in the past, but man, are they hot right now? Well, I when I worked at the zoo, we I had the opportunity to get two in. I don't remember if I ever put them on exhibit. I think they were just off exhibit yeah. so I could play with them because my director was like, hey, you can pick whatever you want. I was like, I want these because yeah. I can't afford them and get them. So I got them. And they are, I mean, they're just, and it's kind of misleading because it says Trebo, but they're not real. I mean, they're green, but they do hang out on the ground, whereas like an emerald is just going to sit up on a branch. Yeah, I think that's true for the, I mean, certainly I mean, regarding Sanzinia, that's right. You know, they're heavier body. They're more like the, to me, the closest thing it, I'm guessing, or this is sort of how I imagine it, is the Corallus crepani, you know, in terms of body form and stuff that it's like, that's going to be right. probably similar. And I think those have been found mostly on the ground. I think of Eric's going to be in, in, imagining, we see these pictures on Instagram from Australia where people are showing green tree pythons road crew you know crossing the road and all this stuff and that's a little bit funny so maybe you know snakes do weird stuff yeah. but i'm with you right. that uh i don't think those are a strictly arboreal critter yeah i think someone just saw one they're green they must live in trees i'm like they're green and and they live near trees but not so much up in trees as much but they do have a, that wicked thick like and they got the keeled scales and it's just the pattern and everything it's awesome but the the cruel thing of it all is if you want green ones like Europe's full of them, and we can't get them, and we have the stupid yellow one. And I, anybody out there that likes the Mandarin phase, it's fine. I just I don't. Yeah, I've don't only like ever the had the Mandarin like ones. The you know, as as I say, maybe twenty years ago, the that was what there was. You know, it was kind of that was more common here. But yeah, there is the discrepancy you talk about, and I don't know. It's always grass is greener and stuff. They're they're still cool critters either way, and they do, especially actually the mandarins will really darken up, so you can kind of look at them and beyond the physical changes associated with breeding them, is that man they get super dark. Like it's you see noticeable changes there, which is very cool. We see that in scrub pythons and stuff too, but very. Cool. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember who had them. Somebody on YouTube did have some mandarins. I thought were insane. I think it was Riley went to someone's house, and they had. They definitely don't look like normal mandarins. They were adults, and they had the bright colors. They didn't darken up the way you normally think. And I'm like, if they could all look like that, I'm in. They just they don't. So I want the green ones. And the some of the best green ones I've ever seen are Keith's. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. He's got yeah the, the high, like high white on them, and uh, they were awesome. I saw them at Tinley. Yeah, we just saw so whoever whoever it was or whatever when we were up at his place. Yeah, they're they're definitely yeah. cool. Yeah, awesome. That's definitely on my list of boas that I would want. And then I, I, I said I, I got my rubber boas this year, so I'm, I'm happy. Now I just gotta. I, I, I'm they? putting it off. I've got to put them in the refrigerator, and I'm, I'm. What are they off, like? I'm afraid. What are rubber boas? They're, they're goofy. <laughs> they're, <laughs> so like, it's it's super weird to not have to put heat on a snake. Yeah. Like I mean, they are they always hiding? Are they? Are they? Are... No, they're crawling around the. I have them. In, I have them in shoeboxes in my in my bedroom in quarantine, right. and I mean they're always out. Yeah. They'll they'll go hide every now and then, but they crawl all around. They uh, seem to be like that boa that nobody like pays attention to, I guess, or maybe I don't pay attention to well, because yeah, I mean they're protected like, in they a lot of the or... states that in which they occur. Uh, and even where you can collect them, you that can't necessarily sell them and that sort of stuff. I think that's more the thing. I've 
I haven't produced any, you know, I'd bred them, but I only got slugs out of those and then it kind of was in a downsizing phase and moved out of them. But I'm with you. They were a 25 year want, this sort of thing. And I had babies and, or, you know, babies, yearlings, and then adults as well, different from different places and whatever. But, uh, they're neat, you know, if you like them for what they are, they're not flashy, but, uh, they like small administrators, you know, I fell in but yeah, I mean, them. back, James, you'll agree with me. 25 years ago, it was like, it's just all the different, uh, the exposure to what was available and whatever. So those were presented as something very cool in that frame of mind, you know? And so you yeah. spent, you grow up thinking these are cool. awesome. And maybe if you're coming in now, you wouldn't see the, you wouldn't have that same influence. Well, and they're like, I just, I remember seeing the picture in the old, in the Audubon field guide of that Roroa and going, it was like greenish looking, it's olive color and the tail looked like the head. I'm like, this is amazing. And I have never seen one in person or touched one until I bought my first pair this year. Um, Cause like, I don't even see them in zoos. And I guess if you live out West, you would see them in zoos. They probably have them, you know, in Washington and Oregon and some of those zoos, but uh, they're, they're super calm. And it's and I'm horrified about dropping them down into the fifties. No, they're good on that. Uh, don't worry about that. The coolest thing uh, to me about them is that uh, they and you'll see a lot of pictures like this, especially when they're small. Is they they're really thigomorphic, but not in a psychotic way like rosy bows. They love to wrap around your fingers so you can wear them like rings and that sort of stuff. So you see a lot of pictures, especially with small ones like that. They're really cool. Well, it's really weird right now because they're. They're obviously they're, they're. I'm not feeding them right now. I'm waiting until they're fully empty and then I'm gonna put them in. But they don't want to eat. They they strictly shut down when winter gets here. They know when winter's here and they're done. Yeah. But I I'm surprised that you know it's a North American boa. It's a North American snake that we live here and yet we're like, hey, no, we'd rather have the snake on the other side of the globe. But I'm like, this is a really cool one. And yeah, there's like five states where you can't own it, but everybody else can. Go go breed the damn things. And, I mean, as soon as they pop up, they're sold. So if anybody that does breed them, I mean, they don't have any problem selling them. But You know how it goes, man. You always want what you can't have, you know? Mm. <laughs> doesn't matter what it is. It's true. <laughs> well, I'm super happy I've got them. I just – I've got to put them in, in the fridge and then not freak out for four months. Why the fridge? You just can't get the temps low enough? I live in Louisiana. I don't, yeah, don't I have don't winter. Believe him. That was like – Joe, uh, Joe Phelan was like, well, you can always just put them like in a cooler out in the back porch. I'm like, yes, because it may be 40 degrees at 8 a.m. But seriously, it may be 95 degrees at noon. Hmm. So like, I can't get a constant, a constant low temp. And they like it cold. Hmm. I say like it. They, they brew me cold. Yeah, they don't necessarily like the cold. They just tolerate the cold because that's what they have to do, right? Isn't, yeah, they just yeah. don't like the hot. Right. Like, you've you've got to keep them at room temperature or below. Are they similar to like short tails where you have that like magic? No, uh, no they're not so bad. Know, number 78. Oh, no. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. But um, I, they're, they're neat. And I think more people, I'm hoping they catch. I think where we've reached a point in the hobby, though, that people are starting to like the different stuff. I'm definitely seeing it shows people are buying more different stuff than just straight ball pythons all the time. You know what I hope with that though is I hope that people are buying what they like and not what they not following like the uh, what was the, uh, the black the you know what I mean like the the uh, the milk snake or the yeah, king, yeah. kings <laughs> yeah yeah you know you know what I'm saying like I th I think just get what you like and 
sort of wait till your time on the merry-go-round comes around and you'll be all right. you know yeah. it's going to come and go and then yeah. maybe come again. <laughs> right, exactly. You know? Yeah, I don't think anything is going to have the staying power that ball pythons have. I think they're going to have their staying power for a while. As much as everybody's like, oh, it'll crash. Like, no. I think you got to define what you mean by crash. It's not 2007. Yes, it's not that. But they're not going anywhere. But the other stuff is starting to also be popular. I mean, you really, you really are hard on ball pythons, and, and I understand your reasoning for it. But I'm so thankful to ball pythons because so many people that now have come into the blood group that are good people started with ball pythons, and so they're they're like what the oh what is that called the the like, starter pet sort oh of God, starter I can't snake. Even think about whatever. it. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. with you. It's, yeah. The interesting bit I was just talking to somebody about this recently is that I think for the that was that whole thing, right? So from 2002 to I don't know 2015 or something, you just had so many people that were exposed to it based on all the cool colors and all this different stuff. And hey, don't lie, the money and all the potential, right? The the thoughts of money, the dreams of money dancing in their head, you know, this sort of thing, uh, the sugar plums, so to speak. But um, the those people for the first sort of time in herpeticulture the herp hobby or whatever you want to say were came in saying i want this thing because that's the thing everyone's talking about and they didn't sort of graduate through all sorts uh, so to speak through all these different things or finding really what they like so you have these people who started with ball pythons and just had ball pythons and then eventually said oh it turns out there are other snakes in the world besides ball pythons and it's like so yeah, hundred percent to your point. And they're saying, "Oh, blood pythons exist," and I actually have a an idea of what that's about. Or yeah, I mean, Mexican black kings, as you said, or they came to the fore only probably because you had people that didn't weren't exposed to them twenty years ago and said, "Oh yeah, I've kept those before," and they're I liked them or I didn't or whatever this sort of thing. It's like, wait, that's a snake that exists. It's entirely different in every way from a ball python. Well, okay, so I, I do shit on ball pythons, but like I said it before, I'm not so much shitting on ball pythons as much as I'm shitting on ball python people, and it's not all of them. I'I'm not out there like, I hate ball python people, because I went to, so I went to dinner Saturday night, and it was like me and seven ball python people. Oh, and boy. I know. <laughs> I, I don't. That would I be interesting. I, I don't hate the animal. <laughs> I hate, again, I was going to Daytona from 2005 to 2009 when it was fucking every table and there are $50,000, $40,000 snakes sitting on tables that look like normals to me. They don't look fancy to me. And I get someone's going to go, but the alien heads on the side and the slight yellow, I don't give a shit. It doesn't look different enough. It shouldn't be $50,000 in my head. And so like that burnt me out really quick. And it was, and I told someone this weekend, I was like, it, I don't mind the guy that spends $5,000 on a ball python because he likes the ball pythons. I have a problem with the guy that spends five thousand dollars on a ball python because he wants to make twenty thousand dollars breeding ball pythons, and that's the only reason he spent five thousand dollars on it. Yeah, but that, that guy didn't buy it for the it, animal. That happens with, you know. Yeah. Pick your picture. Pick your snake. Yeah, I think it it's happens. Just so large. Board. It's just so large scale when. Yeah, it's you go it's, to a show. Yeah, and, you're right. Just because of the popularity of ball pythons, that just makes it seem that much more. I have a thought. Let me let me see what you guys think of this. I think that the reason that you're seeing this, you know, uh, tick up in, um, you know, people wanting to keep other species, I think is because I see more people wanting to get into the natural history of snakes, right? 
And when you get into the natural history of snakes, it sort of leads you in a different direction than if you are just worried about, say, like the paint job, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, you see all these people bioactive and naturalistic enclosures and, you know, they're keeping snakes as pets now as opposed to, you know, like they have one or two and, 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 and they put it on a, on a display or whatever the case would be. And, um, you know, I, I think... I think they're they're more interested in you know where the snake is coming from, or, or at least the people that 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 I'm talking to, you know, or what does it do in the wild, or you know, or you know where does it spend its time, and what's its habitat like, and what's it eaten there, and, and all these different things. And I think it it's it's you know you can only take the paint job so far, you know, like yeah, I agree with that. Yep. I think I mean that's got kind of, so. And this kind of y'all talked about it before, but you think like Savus and Maclots. I mean, the general public kind of agreed they were not great looking snakes back in the early two thousands. And that's I'm not saying that I know if you like that kind of snake, it's a great looking snake for you. Mm-hmm. But generally, it was like it's just it's it's a brown snake. But you're starting to see more people want them now. I think because it's the one, it's hard. It's you don't see them anymore because they're not in every pet store for forty dollars. I think I think part of it is the it's the idea that like. You know, and, and part of the other side of this is no to me is no different than the morph craze, right? Because you're you're wanting to be somebody, right? And you and you think that if you have this rare species, that somehow it makes you more legit. Meanwhile, you like corn snakes, but you're not going to be happy keeping what you like just because you feel that you have to, you know, somehow prove something to the herp hobby. You know, that like, oh, look at me. I got a Helmer Harris scrub python. Like, I'm somebody or a Maclots or a Savu or whatever it is because, you know, pick your pick your snake of the week that, that seems to be cool at the moment. But, and I just think that that's just the wrong way to go about it. You just do what you love. And, you know, eventually, like I said, your turn on the, on the merry-go-round will come around, you know? Well, I think the problem is, like Rob said earlier, some of these folks don't know what they love. Because yeah. they jumped into what everybody was keeping or what they were told was cool. Well, well, me and Rob have talked about this a lot, right? Because sometimes, I, you know, we were just talking about it today. I was like, you know, um, you know, I think you progress as a keeper over time. And, like, eventually you come to this point where you're like, okay, having 200 snakes is just too much. You know, and it's like, let me, let me, let me whittle this down to like something that that's more manageable or whatever. So I can enjoy it rather than it being like a, another job. You know, some people love that. Some people don't, you know, but I think the majority of people just are looking for, I don't know, a little piece of nature in their in their house, you know, something that they can go and check out and, and, and be fascinated by or, or whatever the case would be. Um, That's but, honestly <clears throat> kind of what I use my geckos for, because right. I can make a like I can make it all naturalistic and bioactive and something sure. pretty to be, you know, display type of thing. So it's kind of what I use them for. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You just think of the people. I, I, I don't know. I just, you know, Rob. He's he's working with Puerto Rican boas, right? I mean, who else? Do, do, does any? Do you see anybody talking about Puerto Rican boas? I don't think Rob gives a shit if people <laughs> like it or not. You know what I mean? He likes them, and that's the point. You know. Sorry, ah, Rob, I didn't mean to speak. No worries, you. man. No, I'm with you. It's hundred uh, percent. You gotta. You have to try things, or it's best to to try things. That's why I know yeah, yeah, that's, Eric, that, yeah. Eric and I was just talking about this today. Is that it's like I'm uh, people get a lot of heat for getting into and out of things, and there's a fine balance there, right? Where I want to support people trying new and different things. Maybe it's best to not go, you know, 
before you have them and then in the first week of having them saying these are the greatest things since sliced bread and then sell them three weeks later that's not ideal um, that's particularly the case maybe if you gave them to, you know if someone gave them to you for free because they're like oh hey man here you go i'd like to hook you up you know oh, you're excited about them all this stuff then uh, that's where you can run into some negativity associated with that but it's good to try things because for whatever reason you know owen doesn't like smelly boas you know to me it, it doesn't bother me in the same way you know it's not <laughs> it's not that i like it but it doesn't clearly it doesn't affect me in the same way in terms of saying oh man i just i just can't do it i wouldn't love nerodia if i you know if i've had that feeling you know so those are things that are open to me whereas if you say oh well i the my one rule it can bite me but it can't you know it can't uh, musk me or whatever then it's like okay those are probably just going to be out you could try it but almost certainly it won't work um so you should try stuff, see if it works. And then you, as Eric was saying, you'll come back to things and say, okay, you know, I've had these before and it either worked or it didn't, but maybe just where I was at the rubber bows for me being an example of, yeah, I, I could totally see keeping those because those were something I wanted for a really long time. I did keep them and I really enjoyed them. It just didn't make sense, uh, you know, but they're not something that I would be averse to keeping again. I think they're really cool. Well, and I agree that I think people need to try. So I think the issue comes when the person goes to a reptile show and buys six or seven different species yeah. and has one tank at home. And then on the way home, I have to figure out how am I going to keep these things? I have no idea what they are. Right. But I bought them because they were pretty on a table. Like 100%. that's not the way to do it. <laughs> you know, the way to do it is, is to see, to see something go, that's cool looking. Let me figure out what it is first. Then I'll get it and I'll take care of it. And if I don't like it, I'll get rid of it and I'll, see what else is out there next so i have a thought with that too like do you think that like as a, i don't know for me i mean i've bought and snake bought snakes on on a whim you know have you i mean i bought the, i bought the viper boa kind of it wasn't really on a whim i'd always wanted a viper boa like i knew what it was i just finally saw one that looked good right um i don't i will maybe it goes back to when i used to just i would take anything if someone had to get rid of it I'd be like, yeah, I'll take that. Mm -hmm. And and I did. I, did. I bought a, I bought a king snake. I, there was one time at Petco. I was driving through a Petco in, in Lafayette, Louisiana, and it was on like sale, like half off. It was a was it San Louis king snake? And I'm like, I'd never seen one look like this. I'm like, this looks awesome. Mm -hmm. That's probably the only one. And and I, I mean, but I was at a point where like I could keep it. I mean, I can pretty much keep any any of the common stuff. I know I can keep without having issues. Um, but I didn't – once I got it and I had it for a while, I was like, eh, it's okay. It wasn't my thing. Yeah, I, I guess I just think of like the – you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just – an honest reflection of myself was like, you know, when I was when I was getting stuff, it was – in my younger days, it was – you're so excited about it, you know? I mean, you're so pumped yeah. up about it. You're so like, you know, wow, what's – oh, man, you know? And then you see something else online and then, you know, you're done, you know? <laughs> you're just like, oh, I want that too, and you know? And it's even worse when you do a podcast. I don't know if you guys have felt into this thing. It's like you talk to all these different people and, you know, whatever species they're jazzed about, you sort of become jazzed about it. And, you know, I don't know because we only talk to blood python people, so I don't want blood pythons. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Blood pythons and me didn't get along. I don't know why, but that's all right. Matt lives around the corner from me and I can live through him. I feel like April fell asleep. I made fun of all blood pythons and she didn't bite me. 
my, my head off, so we're good. <laughs> Accidentally was muted. I was talking. God damn it, James. <laughs> Oh, uh, funny. <laughs> I don't know when's okay. So, Eric, when's the last time you just randomly bought something that you didn't? Not, I don't mean randomly. Like you were looking on Morph Market, and it's something that you've always thought was really cool, and you find someone you liked and bought it. I mean, just like you had never thought about it, and then you saw it and bought it. Well, you know, I'm I'm a lot older now, you know. So, <laughs> um, I mean, I'm just saying when I was in my younger yeah. stages of keeping. Uh, it would be hypocritical of me to say that I didn't go to a reptile show and just buy something on a whim because I thought it was was yeah. cool or or and I you know what I mean. I agree, but I feel like that's also like why I like to have that discussion on here in hopes that somebody listens and doesn't do that. Like they take a second to go. That does make sense. Maybe I shouldn't just buy. Yeah, it's it's a, definitely a not the mo- it's, it's definitely not the best move, you know. I mean, because you know, you could you could buy a snake that, or any reptile for that matter, that 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 requires a specific you know uh, parameters to keep them in, and, and and that could that could ultimately end up bad for the snake. I'm not I'm not con- I'm not condoning it. I just I, I just I I just I understand where it's coming from. I guess is what I'm saying. You know, I understand that 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 excitement of wanting to work with you know i mean if you could would you work with as many species as you could i think we all yeah would, i mean right? i think I the, maybe the clarification is saying <laughs> the difference between buying something that you didn't know existed until you saw it versus saying buying something that you didn't intend to purchase but you're blown away by a given animal or whatever those are two different things right and the, the second category 100 right, I, right, I think yeah. we've all done that you know but even if it's something that keep you know it's like oh well i yeah. didn't intend to buy a sambo today but man that one blows blows me away or you didn't even intend to get more or whatever it might be but uh saying buying something that you have no frame of reference for you couldn't identify you know the the vendor has to tell you what it is and then you make that purchase i would say that's when you're probably going to be running into a problem no yeah no i'm not saying no i've never done that <laughs> but i feel like when i've done that it's like i got one and then gotten more than I really anticipated. I honestly, I did this last night. I've been talking about getting this one certain tarantula and now I'm getting three. <laughs> so, but okay, I worked so with all of them table. before. We need to have a talk. Uh, <laughs> you shouldn't do that. But uh, I've worked with all those species before. So I know what I'm getting into. I already have all the housing for it. So like I'm set. That's different. Yeah, it that's, is. That's it's different. a little you're, bit different. You're set up and ready. But like all four of us are at that point, though, in, in this that we've really focused in on what we're doing. Yeah. So, like, I, I know that if I spend money right now, it's on Sanboas of some sort because that's the direction I'm going in. Whereas you'll see the people that do the one by one of everything. I'm like, I, that's fine if you're in a position where you can take care of those and you can meet all the needs. But if it's just... I want, I want, I want without the thought of what you actually are getting. That's, that's not right. Like you got, you got to take a step back and go, okay, maybe I got to slow down. Well, yeah, because you're dealing with living things, you know, hundred percent, which kind of ties into something that I, I sent, uh, April, this little screenshot of a question that I saw in a corn snake group. It was, why do we call reptile keeping a hobby, but owning a cat or dog, not a hobby. And I was like, it's an interesting question. And so I started reading some of the answers. Um, and, and there were several where like people were like, 
well, owning cats and dogs can be a hobby. And I agree, there were situations I talked, you know, like if you show dogs, if you breed dogs, if you, uh, you do athletic things like sporting things with dogs, I get that that's a hobby. Um, but I, my, my answer was kind of, you know, owning my dog doesn't make me the dog guy, but owning my snakes makes me the snake guy to everybody. Like that, I think it's that's more who of, I am. If you have a cat or a dog, they become part of your family. If you have a snake, they're not become well, I mean, maybe for some people, but like see, that, I don't that, look at that snakes was, that way. I don't look at reptiles that way. They're not see, like, that was another one. What's that? They, they that got that got brought up a lot. And and, and there were both sides of that argument. The argument you're like, it's not part of the family, it's you don't see it as a dog. Whereas there's obviously the people out there who when they own a bearded dragon, like they love that thing and they take pictures with it and they put little wings on it and they do all the goofy shit because <laughs> they love it to death. Hey, I have and, a costume for mine, okay? Don't be knocking that. Fuck, um, <laughs> okay, but we got to have yeah, more but, conversations about what not to do, okay? But isn't it, isn't it, wouldn't you say it's a little bit different? Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I just see it as different, you know? I mean, I, I like when they have snakes one... and they're yeah, not going to lay with a... me on the couch or, uh, yeah, right. I guess some people have snakes I don't, on the couch. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there was somebody that was talking about, the, you know, their iguana that has open access on its cage and out and like will come and sit on the couch with them and they can sit there and pet it. And it obviously comes to them to sit there and let them pet it. So, I mean, I think, yeah, it's an interesting thought, you know, it's, you know, I, I, I think the problem think it's is a numbers thing. I really do. If you have one snake, then it can become kind of a part of the family. But if you have a collection, then it's, it's different. You know, like, like you said, cats can be hobbies. Like if I bred my cats and had a whole cattery, that could be a hobby. But just one, that they're part of my the family. Right, that can't be the right word. Cattery? That is the right word, legitimately, yeah. <laughs> also, too. Like, that's laziness. <laughs> like, I don't own a snakery. I'm going to fucking... <laughs> this is, my room is my snakery. Snakery. Uh, I, I mean... I mean, me and Rob, as of, as of the past couple of years, have been, you know taking the next step into the hobby of field herb and part of it. Right. So, I mean, like all these sort of tie into back to keeping snakes in boxes, you know, it's, it's kind of like, there's more to it. Like you're not going out and like field herping <laughs> dogs or cats. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I, it's, you know, I don't know. It's just different. There's so well, many aspects read... to the hobby. Um, I agree. And I read through a lot of these comments and there were some that, uh, I think the terminology really bothered some people. They felt like using the word hobby downplayed the animal's importance to the person or that it made – if you use the word hobby, it makes it seem like you don't care about your animal as much. So I was like, hold on. Before that, let me go look up the word hobby. And I did. I went and looked up the word hobby in Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. And I said, a pursuit outside one's regular occupation engaged in especially for relaxation. And that definition makes me feel like hobby is not a bad – like that's not a bad word. It doesn't make my animals any less important. I don't look down on them as like, I don't care what happens to you. Like, it's definitely a pursuit outside of my normal occupation that is for relaxation. So it's a hobby. Yeah, I, I relax when I go in my snake room. I don't know about you guys. Uh, I mean, most of the time I do. Unless something really crazy <laughs> going on in there. That's <laughs> right. She owns blood python, so it's not always relaxing. But yeah, what was the word Rob honestly. used? Uh, it can get. It can get what? It can exciting. Get, uh, is that exciting? Yeah. <laughs> so like, I, 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 there were a lot of arguments for the numbers. Like, if you own one, two, maybe three, then maybe it's not a hobby. But uh, I mean, but when you think about it, imagine the amount of time we spend on, on just thinking about the animals. On the time we spend on researching what to buy for them, how to take care of them, the time we spend picking out—I mean, that 
that's very much a hobby. That's a lot of spare time spent on on them. Whereas I see it where maybe it's not like if it if it's a pet dog, I don't spend time thinking about things to do with my pet dog. I come home, I feed it, I pet it, I throw it around a little bit because she wants to wrestle. That's not a hobby. What about that's people that me. use like their labs for hunting? That's would a, ho- I mean, that's a hobby. Would be part of their hobby. So would their dog sport, be their hobby? Yeah, hunting. Just... Hunting is their hobby. Then they use their dog and like they go dog hunting. Hobby. They use their dog. I think that's a hobby. But I don't think it's a dirty word. I think that's that's okay. So is that was that like sort of the 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 question? Like people were saying that hobby is is really just comes down to being a dirty word. Yeah, I felt like the I felt like the question and reading some of it was very much like by saying hobby does that mean we don't think the animals are important or as important as dogs and cats? And that's not true because look, I'm telling you right now, my rainbow boa when he dies, I'm gonna be destroyed for a while. Like I, I've had him for. He's the first thing I bought. I've had him for 17, 18 years now. He's he's got a name. That's one thing. Like when I buy snakes, I'm like, so what's his name? I was like, oh, they don't have names anymore. I just I don't name. Like if you find a snake in my collection with a name, either my daughter decided to name it at some point, and I don't know what it is, and uh, or it's really old, and I named it way back when I had like five. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. This I think it's great as far as. Um marketing goes you know like naming your snakes I, yeah. but i just i can't do it man i i don't know I, it's I, also helpful I, I with call... educational programs because yeah. if you name something marshmallow shit up there oh yeah for sure but still <laughs> they, they can connect more with the animal if you name it you know something silly popcorn or some some bullshit right like right that. right yeah right so i just sense. i don't know but I, I mean, I also get the idea of these people that say no that their their reptiles are part of their family. One person's argument was reptiles don't have feelings; they don't have the ability to love, so it doesn't count as a hobby. I don't think that I don't think the fact that your snake doesn't love you in the sense of human affection makes it any less of a pet and something that you love. Like I don't think that's I don't think those two have to. I don't think it has to love you for you to love it. I don't so, think I really look at my snakes as pets. I think that's probably see, that's, in my head where I, yeah. I yeah, I don't look at them as pets. They're... And which is different. I think it kind of goes back to the number thing. When you hit a certain number, they're they're not they're not pets in the traditional term. That doesn't mean that they are money. Like you don't look at them as dollar signs either. So so maybe that's one of those questions where depending on where your what your perspective is is uh, gonna really dictate that answer. So is there yeah. like a line between pet and hobby, and then another line between hobby and business? Because that seems like no, I, no. Another... I think hobby business. It's I don't mean dollar signs in the sense of. I, I think you can be in the business of breeding reptiles and still appreciate the reptiles, but we all know that there are people that are in the business of breeding reptiles because all they see are dollar signs when they look at a snake. They don't see that snake. And I guess that goes back to my whole why ball pythons get on my nerves. Is I don't feel like every guy that opens up a tub in his however many tub rack of ball pythons sees a snake when he opens it. He sees money he's going to make off of that and not the joy of owning that snake. I just thought, I'm like, what, is he on shrooms or something and opens up that tub and sees something <laughs> totally different? <laughs> I guess the only thing I would toss onto that, just the thought that runs through my mind, is considering how even with the easiest stuff, just in terms of being committed to do it and whatever, is over the long run, which can be as short as a year or two or whatever – I would say that people selling reptiles aren't necessarily viewing them, you know, as the innate creatures, that sort of thing. To me, breeding reptiles and to be able to do that successfully and have good results and all that, 
I think those people have to have more of a connection to it than seeing money. Someone, the most, the people that I am uh, least interested in associating with or hearing what they have to say or whatever are the people you're talking about in terms of saying just seeing dollar signs. And very rarely are those people actually especially in the long term, successfully producing stuff because it's too much work, man. It's too much of a commitment, too much work. They might be buying shit from person A and selling it, trying to sell it to you, but they're not actually producing it themselves, you know, over the even medium term. Well, like, Damn, I've said before, I, I, I watch. <laughs> <laughs> I was like literally I... thinking the same thing. But I watch Justin Kabilka's videos, and again, I don't watch him because I'm like, oh, man, I need those ball pythons. But I feel he has an honest, like, he enjoys what he does yeah, and I the animals that he does it with. He's not, I mean, he's very, he's very good at it, obviously. But he's not just buying animals to make more money. He's buying animals because he wants to see what he can do with the snakes that he already likes. See, I think the trick is, is that you sort of have to look at somebody like Justin and sort of apply that to what you do, right? And not necessarily yeah. go and do what Justin does because you're never going to, you're, you just, you're never going to be Justin, right? Justin is Justin and he does what he does. And I think, I think the genius of him is, is that he has a vision and like a lot of people don't have vision of things. They see a dirty snake or it, it doesn't, it, you know, they can't, they, and I know you were sort of talking about like, you know, I'll look at this alien head or whatever. And it's sort of like, it, it, it sort of looks normal. Right. And there's snakes that, you know, that, that I'm not associated with, or I'm not necessarily, you know, uh, know about that. I would look at, and you know, somebody's going to tell me something and I'm going to be like, okay, all right, I'm with you. But I, I can appreciate their vision. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, man, I hope that works for you. Because I don't know, I guess just surrounding yourself with people like, you know, like, like with Rob and Keith and, and Matt and like all these guys that had these visions of like, oh, I'm going to take this and I'm going to make that. You know what I mean? This is what I'm, this is, this is what I hope to make in the long run with it. Um, and I think that they're the people that stand out in the hobby because they're the leaders because you know what I mean? And I, I, I don't know. I, I, it just, I guess not sort of like what Rob was saying is like, you know, not associating yourself with people that, you know, are, are what we quote unquote call the negative people of the hobby. Just like, just, to, just ignore them. Just stop. Just ignore them. It, it's sort of like, I think you guys sort of hit upon it before. It's like, you know, you're, you're talking about different topics and YouTube shows and stuff like that. And like, I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel like if I subscribe to them or if I watch it, somehow I'm supporting it. So like I'm torn between, I want to watch it, you know, because I want to see what everybody's talking about. But in the same breath, it's like, if I watch it, I just gave them another view. Right. You know what I mean? I know. Yeah. Talk about it. Everybody's going to go and want to see you know, I, we've always struggled with this with at least we did with NPR. It's like, do we talk about this or do we just kind of pretend like it doesn't exist? You know, I don't know. Well, that's where I feel like it's going to be out there and it's going to be seen. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I, I am the person that everybody should listen to about what to do with reptiles. That's not it. I have a podcast because I felt like talking shit for an hour or two sure. every week and I get to do it. Right. But I do feel that I've got a platform where I'm like, look, this is out there. I don't think it's the right thing. Maybe you should think twice before you think it's the right thing. Like know the other side of what some people are thinking and realize that, and, and then make a decision for yourself. And I get it. Like, I don't, I, I don't watch some of them. I can't, I just can't. Some of them I can't watch until like 
if it pops up on my YouTube, not on my subscription, but on my YouTube, and it's like, okay, I'll maybe I'll watch this one because it looks like it's something dumb enough. I need to know what's going on. But it's a, it's it is a tricky thing because yeah. there are definitely some that I'm like I don't want to give you any money. <laughs> yeah, I just I guess it's it's it, I don't know. I, I guess at some point, um, I, I just sort of like changed uh, direction and sort of like let's prop up, let's talk about the good people, and promote the good part of it because. I don't know. I guess that's why I, I don't know. I just found it less stressful. I mean, I don't know, Rob, we're sort of in the same circles. Do you find it stressful? I just don't. Yeah, I don't like it's not stressful anymore. <laughs> you know, it used to be like I I'd be stressing out like crazy, you know, and be like pissed off all the time. And I'm like, this I is actually like remember me. that time, Eric, when you would you're like, I'm just getting off Facebook. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. I did unplugged. I, I you know, I go on there once a day to look at stuff, but I do it on my computer. I don't do it on my phone. And I just, you know. It's almost you give yourself a set time limit so you don't get just yeah. too sucked into it. I'm almost at the point where I'm not even gonna promote the podcast or anything. Like I'll leave it to Owen. He can do it all on you know, on on social media. But I'm just gonna promote it on the website. You know, and i I, I know that's probably suicide from i mean man it's nine years if you haven't heard about npr then then you don't need you don't you're not gonna like you you know what i mean it's, it is what it is yeah. sure. mm -hmm. well i just okay so i don't get when i see some of those things let's just take like the free handling videos obviously none of us agree with some of those but uh i don't get angry in a sense where like I feel myself get angry, like blood pressure rising. I've reached I mean, when I was younger, I probably would get upset with things that I thought was dumb. But I mean, I don't like it. when I see it. I don't like it, but it doesn't bother me emotionally. So that's kind of one reason I can I, I talk about it on here, and it won't bother me. I'm just like a guy. I think this is dumb. But uh, that's also one reason. Like at this point, we only really mention like four or five. YouTube channels over and over because they're the only ones I I can watch on a regular basis. And I <laughs> right, like them. right, the good ones, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So like, I saw a thing today where uh, what uh, Dave you might, and Camp, you might. Dave Camp Cannon and um, uh, why can't I think? Oh, and Clint, and they're all doing something together. I was like, well, that's gonna be good. But here's the thing: you might inspire the next person to be the next YouTube person that does it right. You see what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, we have like. I, I sometimes I think we take for granted that the effect that we can have on the hobby with these podcasts, you know, and 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 we can shape the direction of things. Because, I definitely think y'all have done that with certain species of snakes. Well, just look at Mac. Mac lots is a perfect example. Yeah. Like nobody gave two shits about them. You don't think that us constantly talking about Mac lots pythons and Owen going through trying to breed them for years and you know yeah I, it's got to have some effect you know which is good it's it's weird like I, so I went to a show this weekend and then people will talk about the podcast but like I don't know that person like, it's very weird they know me they hear me every week and, and I don't know them at all I don't know their name and so like it's weird when they come up to me and talk to me and know me and like thanks for listening I guess I don't know I haven't gotten used to that yeah you never do <laughs> <laughs> Like they but, know I mean, more about me than I know about them, and it's weird. <laughs> it is weird. But I appreciate every single part. Like, it amazes me that someone sits down or drives their car, doing whatever they're doing, taking a dump. I don't care what it is, and they uh, they spend 
an hour and a half, two hours just listening to us talk. Like, I really appreciate that on a level that I can't explain because I don't do this to get listeners. Like, I know that's going to happen. I do it because I told April, it's my one time a week where I can just talk reptiles. I don't, I live in a bubble where I don't have that many people around me. Right. You know? And so it's my one time so a week where I'm like, I get to, to talk unload about it. everything that you had yes. for the week. Oh, yes. poor April. Poor April. I know. I'm here for hours with this man. <laughs> I know. I heard on the last one, you kept trying to end it. And no matter, know, no matter how many times, going. April's like, I'm exhausted. I'm falling asleep at the microphone. Would you just cry already? <laughs> my wife doesn't give a shit about my reptile thoughts. Uh, so I'm going to get them out here. Oh, that's too funny. <laughs> oh, man. But but I, but I think it it is the fact that we do have that we do reach quite a few people more than we think we do that maybe putting out the right information and pointing them letting them know what we think might be the wrong information at the same time as although it will point them in the direction of seeing that is kind of important because I, I don't think it's kind of like the whole uh, abstinence is the key to make kids not get pregnant well, they can't just not talk about sex that's not how that works like you gotta be like hey guys. Don't do this part of it. Like, be careful here. So, you know, hey, guys, don't go hold a cobra in a small room and talk and wave your hands around. That's a dumb idea. <laughs> you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, God. man. But, I, yeah, it's like, yeah, so like it's, you know, like when we when NPR started, right, carpet pythons were not that popular. And I'm not saying that they're super popular now, but they're way more popular than they, they were nine year, than they were nine years ago, right? Yeah, you know, I, mean, I saw I mean, Maclots this weekend, which I thought was really weird. I know it's on a carpet, but I'm just saying from you guys, I saw one on a table, and I'm like, I don't know the last time I saw one on a table. So, you know, the whole goal, I know, like, you know, NPR did the interview style, and, you know, that's sort of been beat to death now is, you know, I, whatever, but you know, it sort of was like that was our our style, and we took it from reptile radio. But the idea was is that you're sort of like gonna you're gonna highlight these people that are fundamentally the core of whatever this species is. And you know, ours was Morelia, and it's just like wow, this awesome group of people. You know, some of them keep extra this or the, the extra that, but we're all sort of like in this in this camp. And like you know, I think that, that you know, our thought was is that people need to know about these people. You know, and at the time, you're sort of competing against the whole ball python thing, and it was hard to like stand out in that in that time. You know, but anyway, that well, was the poll. <laughs> the, no, but I think I think y'all did the great thing. Y'all did is so I, I like carpet pythons, and I own one, and I've owned some others throughout time, but they're not going to be a species that I really focus on. Sure, but I wouldn't know like 99% of what I know now without having listened to y'all. Like, I wouldn't know, when I see MBB on shit, I wouldn't know what the fuck that meant. <laughs> had I not listened to y'all and know that, that, oh, that's an actual snake. Right? And, like, so, Michael Pinnell does the shows I do in Texas. I wouldn't know who he was. But the first show I did in Texas, he was next to me vending, and I already knew who he was before I got there. I was like, that's really cool. And then I see his stuff, and I'm like, that's really cool stuff. And I know about it because I've heard about it. Y'all talk about it. So I knew what I was looking at. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, so the first... Y'all have done a great job that, with that. I mean, the first time I heard Rob on Reptile Radio, I'm like, man, who is this guy? He's super impressed the shit out of me. Like, god damn. Like, he really knows his shit when it comes to rhino rats and all this stuff. And he's super in-depth and just like, just what I love to hear, you know? 
uh, I'm learning something from the podcast. And, and now I don't back. remember, Rob. How did did you? I don't I don't remember how. I don't even remember. Like we just emailed each other. Yeah. Right? And, so, I like, mean, the first exposure, right, was that uh, Larry yeah. kept saying, "Oh, we, you know, when it on those few and far between, when it was even Python stuff, not just carpets or whatever, that you would uh, send questions for Larry to ask." That he would say, oh, you know, Eric brought this up, blah, blah, blah. And then, oh, yeah. you know, you have the clip from the one he introduces the show and all that stuff. And I think even from then, we'd started chatting and whatever. And then, uh, yeah, a year or two later, we're chatting all the time. Yeah. Right. right. Here we are nine years later. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. and then Rob's one of those where, like, it's easier for Rob yeah. to say what he yeah. hasn't kept. Well, I mean, care sure, of. and I, I think to the, at least the thought that jumped to my mind as as you all were talking there is just, I think what the cool bit, and this goes back to the whole, people will come up to you and they they know you right, and you you have no idea who they are, you have no exposure to them, this sort of thing is that, really they're taking it in as though you're having a phone conversation with them, but rather than them having to have that conversation with the hundreds mm -hmm. or thousands of people that'll tens of thousands, whatever it is over the course of time, especially, Hey man, don't let your podcast feed die. Uh, just as a, a little side, put, put a pin in that. Right. Um, but uh, if you don't do that, right. So that it's evergreen, it's constantly available. Even if it seems super contemporary at the time is you're really, it's like you're on the phone with them, but they don't have to say anything. And maybe they are sitting there making notes or even whether it's in their mind or actually on paper or whatever saying, oh, well, I sort of disagree or I want to elaborate on this or whatever it is. And then maybe they actually call that person, but it lets the person engage that conversation without having, to, you know, Nick Mutton as an example, right? He'll come on NPR. It, it used to be at uh, greater rate of frequency, but now it's maybe once, maybe twice a year, depending on what's going on or whatever. Now, Nick's a super busy guy who loves to be, keep people on the phone all the time so that he can't have, you know, that many two or three hour long conversations, right? He just doesn't have the time in his day or whatever it is, but he can do one three hour show. And then he just had that conversation with literally hundreds of people. Same thing going here. It's a little bit different because you guys are more focused on contemporary stuff and whatever, as opposed to the, especially the old school NPR that's the, as Eric said, the interview stuff where it's, we have this person on, they're really talking about what they're doing or how they do it, right? To the extent that it's not different from what a lot of other folks are doing. They're probably doing it in a different way. So that that's an opportunity to have that person on the phone, but they only have to set aside that, you know, that one, two or three hour block instead of doing that with with everyone so it just really expands the reach and we've moved on past the blog days and all that stuff so it's way easier to just chat for a few hours than it is to write three hours worth of a blog for sure <laughs> yeah well, and i definitely agree it's the you feel like you're part of the conversation by listening because before i did all this before i talked to any of y'all i definitely in my car while driving would have the conversation back when like owen would say something or air was like and no one's hearing it it's the same way i ended up like introducing myself to justin and jake because jake said the stupid shit about papaya and carpets and i had to make a meme and like and every time i hear them I'm like oh i gotta make a meme about that that's that's ridiculous and then i send it to them because mm -hmm. it's you feel like like you said you feel like you're in that you're there yeah. you're a part of it even though you're not a part you know it's it is a weird it's a weird situation and so it's it's cool to see all of these podcasts now and like we we're talking earlier before we got on here i can't listen to all of them and i wish i could I just don't have that time to sit and, and listen like that. 
Well, I think the thing is, is like, you know, you're seeing more and more people sort of like, um, well, I'd like to see more and more people sort of like um, uh, vis- uh, working in the in the niche that they're in, you know, like if you're into, you know, whatever it would be, you know, boas, short tails, carpets, green tree, what you sand boas, you know, Puerto Rican boas, what, whatever your species is, you know, um, and then sort of like maybe highlighting that, you know, for me, it's carpet pythons, you know. For you, it's Sambo. It's for April. It's short tails. You know, and it just—I mean, I don't want to speak for you guys, you know, but Rob is rhinos. You know, I mean, there's just a species yeah. that you can't see yourself not having, right? You know, mm-hmm. and like, if you're super jazzed about that, and you can get on and and get other people excited about that, then you've sort of done your job, you know. And 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 you know, um, I don't know. I, it, it doesn't mean that everybody that listens has to go out because there's some podcasts I listen to and, and like I'd never have any – like the Chameleon Breeder podcast, you know. I, I don't necessarily listen to all of them but like, you know, Rob will say, hey, man, you know, that, that thing we were talking about the other day, you should check this out, you know, and he'll send me one or I'll send him one or whatever and, you know, I might listen to that one off. Um, but, um, yeah. but, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. It's well, a I mean- good – it's y'all's fault and Jake and Justin's fault. I own a Brettles python. <laughs> I've never even thought about them. Until come on, man. They're the best that. python around. You can't, I, mean, I agree. <laughs> That's why I own one now. Yeah. But I mean, you know, y'all definitely, it's definitely, I don't think it's a bad thing that people learn about new species and then go out and get them because they heard about it on a podcast. Because the good thing about a podcast like yours where you have a breeder on is as much as like someone needs to research something before they buy it. Well, they did. They, they listened to your podcast. And, that's kind of like researching it right there. They've heard a lot. Now, granted, they should do more, but that is a great start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially if you, you know, like why I like to get, a, you know, a lot of people would say, um, you know, why are you talking to this person from, you know, Rob can elaborate on this because he knows the guy that Stan Chiris that did the Diamond Pythons out there by, by him. But, um, you know, why does this – why are you keeping it this way and I keep it totally different on the East Coast than you do on the West Coast as opposed to the South or the North or the, or the middle um, of, of, the, of the U.S. Or if you're keeping it in Australia or in Europe or wherever you're from, you know, your, your conditions are going to be different. And, you know, um, Keith had made a good point to me, uh, I think it was like a week ago, something about maybe the reason why I had such difficulty with short tails is just because I was – listening to too many people well, and not paying attention. Tr- you know, based on, you know, yeah. whether it's Matt and Keith yeah. and whatever. Yeah, I, I think so. The funniest bit to me, right, is the classic line is, well, they're not baking a cake. And it's like, I always point out living at high altitude that it's like, yeah, even if it was baking a cake, I don't bake a cake the same way at 5,000 feet. Man. You know, so that even in the illusion right. itself, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was actually thinking about it uh, earlier in this conversation. I was like, man, I really do just like almost like I'm stuck in this, not a rut, but I'm stuck in this one pattern. I'm like, maybe I really should just broaden my horizon. I'm like, you know what, though? This really works for me. This really works for my animals. It might not work for everyone, but it's good for me right now. So I think I'm just going to stick to it for for a while. Well, yeah, and you're not sticking to it just like because you don't want to change. You like what you're doing. I mean, it's it may be working for the animals. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys have probably heard it. Rob will tell you. I mean, I totally 
screwed up carpets in like what was it 2010 2012 2011 because we no 20 well it would be like 2011 early 2012 right my first breeding season yeah and it was you know i talked to terry phillip and when we talked to him it was like he what he said made so much sense and it's not that i don't agree with his approach or that you can keep everything at 80 degrees but like i just like you can't change your husbandry style just because somebody comes along and and says uh you know well this is what i do oh well i'm gonna change and it just it kept falling into this routine where i would talk to somebody else and it would change and i'd talk to somebody else and it would change and then like i'm not doing the most important thing is just paying attention to the snake and and seeing like you know that i i i've talked about this on npr but like you know and you mentioned it earlier in the show james is like you know back in the days where you keep snakes at 95 degrees you know and that's how you kept carpets it was like a 95 degree hot spot and then i'm looking at it and i'm like well why are all these snakes just like plastered against the front of the cages and tubs and stuff like you know please stop cooking me but but the book says 95 degree hot spot you know i mean <laughs> yeah you stupid snake you're supposed to read the book right yeah well not that not the book but a book <laughs> yeah but <laughs> well, yeah. even with that right it becomes i have to clarify that especially you know, are we measuring that. those temperatures accurately were the people who wrote that as the guidance measuring those temperatures accurate accurately what was their ambient relative to that so it was a giving a gradient that they didn't even understand eric will tell you i mean he and i constantly have these conversations where it's like i think you know, it's the cosmic octopus situation where it's just things are too complicated for us to even understand. I think I have some sense of what's what, and I don't pretend to understand all the different factors that are interplaying with kind of everything that goes on. That's just the reality of the world, man. Well, we talked about it last week on the podcast that, you know, when it comes to temperatures and people measuring them in the wild, are you measuring just what the temperature is in that country? Or are you measuring it where that snake is actually laying during most of the day? Like that's that's the temperature you need to know. Not, hey, what is the temperature at this airport in this country? That's not that's not where the snake's living, and he's not out during the hot part of the day. I mean, none of them are. Well, shit, man, we can give you real life experiences of that. I mean, like you know, we going to Australia. You know, when we were in Chilago, outside of that cave, the caves that we were in, it was what, like Rob, like what? hundred degrees you know what i mean basking spots are temping like you know 150 degrees on the on the rocks and stuff and you walk inside the right. uh the caves and it's 70 degrees you know so if you would look at the temperature you know and pull up your apple weather or right. even Google if weather gives, or whatever yeah it's even tell if it you, gives you yeah, ago, which it almost degrees. certainly won't maybe it gives you all mud and <laughs> you know more likely you're gonna have to go with atherton and it's like okay well that's really not even the same place now you know we're two hours to the west of there but that's the best we can do okay whatever but it's yeah it's the post office or the you know police station or whatever it might be it's not you know the crevice inside the cave that's two hours away to the west yeah yeah no 100% well, we even seen that in West Texas, you know, I mean, like when we're out there, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you're, you, you know, and you, you're not seeing the snakes until it's cool. And, you know, you know, I mean, there's, there's just a whole thing to it. You and know? then there are some species you see. Oh yeah. But I feel like hundred percent. I, I think doing it's our best. a question of giving them where we don't yeah. know, where we don't have solid information as to the answers, or as I say, I just think of it in the context of like, well, pre temp guns, that's one thing, but even our temp guns, uh, calibrated correctly so that we're getting a real readout. And then I guess I just toss it back to, okay, well, did that TFH book that said 95, was that 
what was that person using to measure that temperature? And so was that calibrated and, you know, did it even work right? And, oh, well, it had a three degree tolerance. So they said 95, but it was really 92, you know, even their thing was reading 92, but they thought it was 95 or whatever. So you just, it's all so complex, right? That the, right. I think where we run into trouble is when we limit, uh, artificially limit options, because then if we're wrong, that's when we'll really feel those effects, particularly if you're not uh, a student of the serpent, uh, name of Eric and Eric's and my podcast, um, so that you're observing those and reacting according. That's really the key, right, is trying to give them something palatable and then reacting accordingly. Oh, okay, well, everything's consistently sitting on the heat. Even though this says it's 87 and I think that should be good, I'm going to bump it up one and then we'll see and watch for flow. And of course, then you're going to have your room's going to change seasonally absent being in some the magical place where that never happens um and even then if you're pumping artificial heat in right it's drying it out or whatever it is there's going to be again it's all so complicated <laughs> well it's a whole you've got to do a couple of things you got to do what what's working best for you along with using any new information that comes along from people that have been doing it as well and put those two things together doesn't you know like you said we, you messed up your carpets. Don't completely change it because of how somebody else does it. But take what they do, look what's working for you, and see if you can better what you're doing. You don't have to go. You don't have to completely change everything. I think uh, for some people, change is a big problem when it comes to things like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you look at, um, uh, you, you know, just I think I think the the reason why I sort of try to focus so much and maybe this will make you feel better april about being focused on like kind of what you're doing is that like mm -hmm. over time working with that species you learn that species you learn when just i mean can you look i know i can look at a carpet and know what's going on i'm sure you can do that with a sambo i'm sure you could do it with a short tail i'm sure rob can do it with you know the rhinos and you know puerto rican boas and probably a lot of stuff yeah <laughs> he's on another level but you know what i'm saying like you get so used to just seeing them and 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 observing them and i i i think i think that's why i used to say the whole idea of like keeping them in tubs is 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 more it's harder to see that stuff you know so that's why i would always say that keeping them in a cage where you can observe them is is sort of like uh is more for the 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 keeper rather than the kept if you if you keep a tub and it's the size of a cage but you can't see the snake is it does the snake care like if 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 you have like a naturalistic setup but you can't see inside of it do you think the snake gives a shit no no yeah it's i mean it's well that's that that goes you know and we're not we're obviously not going to go into this no 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 no, no versus no, cage no, no, debate no, no, no. you know it's but, yeah, no i know <laughs> eric's yeah. like please god <laughs> you know, no that's, that's where you go <laughs> no. do what works best for your situation but I'm just saying like the, the, the most important part that I – at least that I try to tell people is just look and pay attention to what you're – like observe the snake. Maybe take some notes. What is it doing when, when you have the heat on and there's a hot spot of X? What is the snake doing? You know, If you turn that hot spot off, what does it do? You know? Yeah. Turn it, off it, your hot spots at night and go look – after you know, two or three hours, go look at it. Sure. Yeah, right. 100%. You know? And I can't stress enough, and I think Rob, you'll agree with me, is like, you know, whatever that species is that you really dig, man, you're you're gonna learn so much more.
by going to wherever that environment is. I mean, if you're keeping a corn snake, go where corn snakes are. If you're keeping whatever you're keeping, you know, and I know it's not feasible for everybody and whatever, but like when you're buying thousands of dollars of snakes, you can't make a better investment than taking that thousand dollars or whatever it is and, and, you know, and going to wherever that, you know, and some you can't get to, I get it. You know, I mean, I don't think Keith's going to uh, Papua New Guinea anytime to the top of Bolus uh, <laughs> Python. I mean, I know he would love to, but you know what I'm saying? Like that you're going to learn so much more. I, I, you know, I can reach in a cage and say, Oh, that's right. I can feel that it's right. I felt well, it I was supposed to, Eric, but COVID happened. I actually I know, should be there right now, bitch. actually. <laughs> <laughs> you would just be coming back, right? From, from, yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, like next week, I'd st- I would actually be there right now. Yeah, um, me and Rob and tried twice. Canceled. We got yeah. canceled twice, right, Rob? <laughs> Man, I heard that Australia is not possibly, or Chris was telling me it might not open yeah. back up until like late Eric and I were just talking about this today, if too. Even. I mean, the, <laughs> I've definitely heard that stuff. The kind of countervailing force is just how substantial a piece of their economy is predicated upon service industry and tourism and all this stuff. So I think there's, I I think that's sort of the idea at this point, you know, that's the concept that makes sense, whether they'll be able to kind of fight back the, the push that, that is coming internally to, to change from that. I don't know. We'll see. Just got to be ready to play when it happens, man. That's the, that's where we're at. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Well, if you keep this thing up where you keep going like on a yearly basis, one day you're welcome to say, April, do you want to come with you? <laughs> just saying, I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> Would you go to Australia? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. a it's like a, a bucket place, list place. Man. Yeah. Holy shit. That's crazy. I'm a it's not as bad as people so make it out. You know, to be honest, I'm, I suppose there are ways saving. where it can happen, where you can do it, yeah, you know, depending right. on what you're doing or whatever. But certainly the way. The way we do it, it's not uh, it's not all that bad. Although you know, it's be cost conscious in terms of booking that flight, or you can get there for, you know, especially if you're already situated on the west coast, it's it can be super cheap. But even from the middle or east coast, it's not that bad. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that people it, there's a desire to frame it as being more difficult, right? Oh, the grand adventure, and it certainly is, but it's not necessarily based on the cost and all those things. Well, that goes back to us talking about listening to these podcasts and feeling like we're a part of it. Because most of us that have listened to y'all have heard your stories over and over again. Like, man, I I want to do that. That does sound really awesome. And I'd love to go to Australia. Um, and I and I I mean, I'm a kid that grew up watching Steve Irwin, so I, I want to go there very badly. But uh, that's like I said, that's a great thing listening to your podcast. Everybody gets that feel of what it's like. Yeah, and for me, it's Australia. You know. For whoever's listening, it may be somewhere else. I mean, you like, like in, for instance, I, I, I didn't know how I would, would take to West Texas, but I got to tell you, man, that place was awesome. You know what I mean? But I mean, if you're keeping uh, gray banded king snakes, I uh, probably should take a trip to West Texas and check it out, you know, and see like what, what the environment's like, you know, I don't know. I just think there's so many places in the United States and us being U- U.S. keepers, that like I know for for me I have I want to venture out to Utah and and go there and I just mm-hmm. haven't I don't take advantage of the fact that I'm in a country that has so much really diverse ecosystems and all these different areas that I could really go and enjoy like seeing timber rattlesnakes 100%. in the wild would be awesome. So well, next time you come up, we got a spot. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> well, yeah, I think uh, we definitely take for granted how diverse our country is versus some of these countries where our animals come from. Because, mm-hmm. like, if your snake comes from a place that's a rainforest, the country's probably mostly a rainforest. But we're like, here, you can find every single biome you want to and go find reptiles that fit that biome. But we don't. Yeah, I mean, that's like, where we Australia is similar, don't. right? It's such a big, it's yeah. the, I forget what the term is for it, right? But it's the weirdness of the way globes are presented to show us flat that we get this uh, misperception about the size of Australia. And it's nearly the size of the continental United States and has just as many very, you know, habitats and places. So that's why it's, oh, we're going to Australia. Like, man, really, uh, Eric and I have talked about that. You could yeah. go twice a year for decades and you wouldn't see every spot. And then maybe when you did go to that spot, you you missed X, Y, or Z, and then you just got to come back. So you don't even tick them off the list. It's just you're adding information and then say, I know, you know, we're talking about going back to Darwin, going back to Cairns. Huh, that's that's before we're talking about, you know, going to Gammon and Flinders or going to the, the d- twice canceled trip was kind of coastal, southern coastal WA. And, you got to go to the Kimberley, and you got to go see Dar or see Diamond Pythons. Go to Gosford and see all. This st- so it's just uh, too many places, man. It's similar to here. If you said, "Oh, okay, yeah. I want to go to the so Northwest fun. Pacific Northwest," or versus going to Utah, or Southern California, Arizona, Arizona itself, there's two or three different things going on. All the- Florida, Louisiana, Texas, West Texas versus Southern Texas versus Galveston. You know all this stuff. It's- up by Eric, all these different places. Just uh, you just have to love seeing reptiles in the wild, and I think I'm lucky, uh, and I think Eric to some extent is in the same boat, maybe more the more so than you, James. In that, for me, the the density of reptiles is relatively low in Colorado. They're certainly here, but I'm I'm not jaded to any of them. I Western terrestrial garter snakes are some of my favorite snakes. They're the first snake I ever kept, and all this stuff, and I still am thrilled to see. Any snake, plain scar snake, western terrestrial garter, bull snake, any prairie rattlesnake, any of that stuff. It's uh, there are different levels of thrill. Owen Pelly Python, you know, coastal carpet, Darwin carpet, all these. There's different level of thrill. But if you love interacting with any reptiles, taking pictures of them, whatever it is, then uh, man, there's so much opportunity. Yeah, yeah, agree. And frankly, Just do that, it. that's when I get pissed <laughs> on see, the social that's media, the, yeah. my social media bugaboo or whatever is you have people who are at a point in their lives, right, where they can go. Uh, they have the opportunity to do stuff that a lot of us don't have. Unfortunately, we're fortunate in so many ways, but maybe not in that same way that they're fortunate. And it gives them the um, their fortune lets them become jaded on things and and maybe that's because they're trying to show off for their their clique of friends you know who are doing the same stuff or whatever but it really bums me out whenever i see anyone say oh i just whatever here's this you know this dumb thing again man i eric knows i will go ballistic on that (laughs) i just think that's it's unacceptable and it's one of those things that it's like (laughs) fuck you man I don't give a shit that that's the 50th Tantilla you've seen. You can go fuck yourself yeah. because guess what? I haven't seen any of them, you know, and if you really feel that way, then what I'm, are you doing with your I'm time? Man? Why the hell are you still looking for them? Like if you really feel that way, get fucked, do something else, man. 
I still get excited about every herp I see. So the other night I went out and got in my truck. On the wall of my house in front of my truck is a green tree frog. On the ground in front of it is a toad. And then right in front of that is a little tiny baby frog hopping. I'm like, this is awesome. There's three different species of amphibian right here in front of me. Or like the other night I was driving down the road and I got excited at every deer I saw on the side of the road. I still, I'm still that person who's like, it's deer. Yeah, it's yeah. another deer. It's deer. <laughs> I know. I felt that the other day. I was, I was driving uh, to work, and uh, you know, I leave at the crack of dawn, so it's like four thirty in the morning. And um, there's a red fox that comes out, and it's just like walking along the side of my street, and I'm just like, that's a freaking fox. That is so cool, you know. I'm just like, like slowly driving down the street next to the fox, like it's trotting down. Hundred percent. I don't know. I mean, I still get excited about garter snakes, even though I I don't pick up as many now, just because I'm like, I don't want to smell like that the rest of the day. <laughs> Fair enough. But like, but if I can see them, I'm like, hey, there it is. It's really cool. And now I don't have to smell like it. So I, yeah, I guess it's all pretty. about. Um, perspective right you know i mean uh, you know i talked to nipper and he's he's geeking out about dk snakes and i'm just like oh yeah dude they're all over my yard you know and i love those things yeah they're so cool you know but like <laughs> you know i remember you know when 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 i was in the burmese pythons if you would have told me a dk <laughs> snake i would have been like oh, whatever man <laughs> you know <laughs> but yeah, I think that's also an appreciate it comes it's like a with with time comes an yeah. appreciation for everything. Yeah. 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 So well, it's almost two hours. That's and I'm I've gotta eat dinner at some point. Wait, so. you're ending it before I end it? Oh, I'm sorry, April. Did you want to go ahead and say it's late and we should go? <laughs> no, I'm just shocked. April, you're you're see the problem is you're in a time zone where it's probably still daylight. Too, April. It's only five PM right now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is it daylight up there? Like, is it? I don't know what part of Alaska where it's like daylight all day or nighttime um, all day. Right now, the sun goes down at about. It starts getting that dusk kind of look at like six thirty, which is normal, I think, everywhere. But then it does. The sun doesn't actually come up until about eight thirty in the morning, which is very weird to me right now. Oh, that's but that's not drastically different. That's not like you look outside and you have to put like aluminum foil on your windows because it never gets dark. No, that was a couple months ago when my mom visited, and it didn't get dark Ooh. until like one or two o'clock in the morning. Fuck that. Yeah, so they have I'm... like all blackout curtains and everything. That to is the one weird sure bit about <laughs> uh, road cruising in Australia is that the sun goes down it. pretty much all year round, goes down much earlier than we're used to. Um, at least the spots where we've been, so kind of the northern half of it. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's like, okay, well, we got to be uh, set up and situated to be cruising at 630 at night as opposed to especially here you know on the, on those same temps you'd be saying oh it's eight o'clock to nine o'clock somewhere in that range west texas i mean you're hitting those cuts at sometimes at one or two in the morning getting the temps that you're looking for in australia it's like oh yeah we're hitting our sweet spot at six thirty, especially Cairns or darwin or whatever it's like oh well we're kind of done by 10 or 11 o'clock because it's already come and gone man Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Weird. crazy. Yeah, I definitely want to make it there sometime. Sometime. That's a, that is a problem. Like you talk about how big it is. You, you've got to go there. You've got to go there multiple times to do everything. It's like as much as I'd like to go to all the other places, I, the little kid in me wants to go to Australia Zoo. Like I just, I just got to be there at some point in my life. <laughs> go, I'm here. So. <laughs> You walk in the gate. I'm here, and then you're done. I'm good. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, at that point, I'm like, I, I'm good. I, 
I can go ahead and head home. No, I mean, I'd want to go. I, I do want to see. I want to see things I own in the wild. At some point, I just that the, you've said it before. It's it's cool to see something that you have at home in a box on a branch. Like that's that's all. That's awesome. There's no book. There's no podcast. There's no YouTube. There's no. There's nothing that is going to teach you the way that you would learn about the species that you're keeping if you are in their environment watching them in the wild. And just the in thrill one day. And the thrill, and it, I suppose the yeah, other bit of that that's you know, tied you up bet, in yeah, there too yeah. is that for the most part, they're not just randomly about. You know, even you go to Brisbane, we fly into Brisbane, right? Or even fly into Cairns. It's, you might see little Carlia, well, this would be more like Darwin. Okay, you'll see little Carlia running about and whatever. But for the most part, you're not just going to wander into reptiles. There there needs to be some thought put into this. Uh, if you just sort of say, oh, well, I'm just going to turn up and find them. Well, it's no different than going to even a, a place with a high density here. Say, oh, okay, well, I'm in Arizona. And it's like, yeah, well, you might randomly fall into one gopher snake or a you know, Western Diamondback or whatever, but to really uh, to do the thing of herping, right? That for the thing that you're trying to find, you're going to do a ton of research and stuff on the front end. So you're you're not only learning about it in in its context there. You learned a ton to put yourself in the spot where you could be fortunate enough to find one. Rob, that can't be true because I've watched Facebook videos and the natural yeah, habitat so of carbon pythons are toilets and beds. So the weird thing of that is... They're all over Australian toilets and beds. Well, we well, sort of talked about that. Yeah. Well, ahead, I would just say that, you know, probably say I, I suppose thing, so one go. thing we haven't tried on our ventures is just going, you know, in town in Darwin and knocking on doors and saying, hey, man, can I check out your toilet in your attic? Uh, I haven't tried that yet. But absent that, I don't really have access to those <laughs> things. So, you know, uh, I suppose that, that something to consider. I'll, I'll have to put some thought in there. Uh, hey, mate, you mind if we check out we your toilet? Like nice guys. <laughs> you I suppose it, there's always a shot, you know? <laughs> what the hell? Well, yeah, uh, one of the things that um, they that we were talking about on the student and the serpent about the walma pythons is that you know walma pythons are so um, you know like th their habitat has to be very specific, you know, like they have to. Whereas carpet pythons have, they seem to be more adaptable, which I think is why toilets and beds, right? So like you know, people move in. Uh, take away the habitat. No worries. We'll just live in your attic. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that's like goes to to the point of why they're such um, hardy captives. You know what I mean? So what you're saying is that carpet pythons are just just rat snakes. They're Australian rat snakes, basically. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kind of right. So they're they're all the same species. We can quit splitting them up, and oh, they live in people's God. houses. <laughs> No, he's that guy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. All right. I'll leave it. I'll leave it on that. So, <laughs> all right, Rob. If people want to contact you and talk to you about the five million different species you're taking care of, I suppose High Plains Herp on Instagram is easy enough, and uh, the website is there, HighPlainsHerp.com. You can email me off that or whatever I'm doing. Uh, well, uh, sort of in the process, the very slow process of uh, update modifying the way the web the website's presented in terms of information that's there and move into a heavy photo focus just as a a non-social media con and i 
Eric does the same thing with his website, a non-social media context in which to share the photos that I want without someone who didn't see a given lizard saying, oh, that's, you know, I, I don't accept the name of that subspecies. This is an iNaturalist gripe that I have. Oh, no, I haven't been to Australia ever, but that's a, that can't be a gold eye. That has to be a flabby or whatever. And it's like, I just, I just cannot, like, I, I can't do this. So uh, working on the website modification mm -hmm. to kind of fit into that, uh, fit into that theme. But yeah, Instagram's pretty cool, especially relative to Facebook, but the Facebook uh, page is there and has a bunch of old school gallery stuff and cool pictures to check out and whatever. I do. Yeah. Hey, hey you there ever comes the on ones that I've had. There you go. <laughs> 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 All right. It says, yeah, so what was that? On your website, five, website says that four or five years ago, whatever. Something like that. See, I, I like the old websites. Too. You know, th oh to me, God. I love seeing Rob, I love the Internet Archive and this sort of stuff, looking at stuff where it's like, yeah, I definitely saw this. Literally, I remember sitting New Year's, and this is, you know, Snake Nerd or whatever, but I remember looking at BPI's website on uh, New Year's eve of going into 2000 you know and looking at that page and they had that was back in the time when they still had a bunch of different stuff as opposed to focusing down and all this stuff so i can you have little pinpoints that you can put it on there and say and i still enjoy you can go on internet archive and you can see what i was looking at that night and to me that's still cool so i actually don't mind old websites unless you're trying to buy something now i guess it's not so useful <laughs> yeah Mm. How long have you been so around? So that was when Tom, my buddy, who's the curator of, uh, what is he? What did he say on the show, Erica? I forget what he said. So it's um, it's not ectotherms, but reptiles and fish or whatever, whatever it is. Uh, at Denver, he and I joined forces back in the early two thousands, and that was his idea. He lived out uh, in the high plains, and, and so that was associated with that. Uh, life changes and all he's taking a step back we're, we're still good buddies and he's still you know keep stuff we trade stuff back and forth and all that so all good um and at one of these points he's going to come with us to I, I guess one of the u.s trips but certainly to australia he's a great guy absolutely <laughs> all right eric how can they get well i mean just just listen to a podcast people <laughs> yeah E.B. Morelia or Morelia Python Radio. That, that's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, where you can and, find him. <laughs> and unlike the the website I'm looking at that took me there from High Plains Terps, the Morelia Python Radio website has got up-to-date information. No, I, 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 it's not something I generally and specifically to this. So. <laughs> And that website isn't even where I want it. That's why I spend more time. You know, you spend more time on Facebook and stuff like this, and looking at shit, and not working looks, on your own shit. So it looks I've, different I've, than the last time I looked at it. Yeah, because I finally was able to move Morelia Python Radio. Oh, this was. Oh, yeah, I have a bone to pick with you too. Um, you were saying Morelia Python Radio .net because you can't for, afford .com. No, I have both .com and .net and .edu <laughs> and so you know, whatever. <laughs> But I couldn't figure out how to, to, to point the site at the – so .net, 
I had to go and rework it because there was a whole new program that came out that was more up to date than the one that was .com, right? So I had to figure out how to point .com to .net. Now they both go to the same spot. So. Awesome. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm, just, I'm not sorry. <laughs> me and no, Owen I, took, I had the me, .net. Me and so. Owen took a little dig at, at that at the end of uh, uh, the next NPR episode. We're, we're like, oh, I said, I got a bone to pick with then. these two. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like your website just because it's got like, if you want to know anything about Morelia, like, so like some of the morph stuff, to, it's all there. Like, you can go there, and it's all in one place. And there's a lot of like I transferred over to stuff from Doc, and so it's, it's just like Rob said, it's a work in progress, but it's just going to keep, you know, uh, that's, that's sort of the idea was to make it the hub for everything, Morelia. Mm, that's great. Yeah. Luckily, and they have Sarah tons of... Norris did that for me for Blood Pythons. <laughs> and you can go to the mer- the way. You can go to their store and see all their shirts and coffee mugs and. Look, Jesus Christ, how many things do y'all have? Look, it's printed to order, right? So There's a lot of have stuff. A greater diversity. All the carpet than fest. Logo. I mean, then Eric's house yeah. sitting on a bunch of shirts or whatever and giving sizes and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I love that you have a Northeast Carpet Fest coffee mug with a picture of everyone from there. So that people that weren't there can just drink out of a mug with everybody else's picture on it. That's right. You can you can see where you could have been in this picture, you loser, but you're not. So like maybe next time you'll get oh, up off goodness. your ass, buy yourself a plane ticket, and get to one of these things. Yeah. You need to draw an arrow to a spot like when you're in the in the yeah. ball and it says you are here, and the arrow says you are not here. <laughs> loser. <laughs> oh man. Uh, All right, All right, April, your turn. Yep, if you're looking for me, it'll be bloodsbydesign.com. I was able to get the .com just to let you all know. (laughs) Um, And then uh, YouTube, I will be starting over, so don't go to that yet. Instagram, bloodsbydesign. And uh, April Justine on Facebook. Ooh, I went to your website. It is there. That's amazing. It really is there, yep. (laughs) I I I was waiting to go to your website and just be like, under construction. Nope. And all of your available animals are two geckos. I know, because I don't have anything listed yet. So, uh, let's see. I don't have a website because, I don't know, Facebook exists and Morph Market exists, and I'm cheap. So, I'm even cheaper than buying a .NET. Uh, you can find <laughs> me on Instagram or Facebook at simply, well, simply underscore serpents on Instagram or simply serpents on Facebook, and I haven't put pictures on either one in a while. I should probably do that. Uh, you can find us at the reptile gumbo podcast everywhere at gmail.com if you want to send an email um and that's that's it that is all i was i was super happy to get y'all on the rob i wanted to have you on a while back but like the day i told april like i want to have rob on and then someone uploaded what i think it was yeah uh her culture podcast whatever you were on and i was like god damn it it would happen every time yep Every single time, every oh, person was the we one think you of. guys were talking about. Well, it's not, he's not the only one. It's, it's been multiples. I'll be like, yeah. hey, April, we should have this person on. And then they're on a podcast. I'm like, what the hell? Like, yeah. Someone is just like waiting for me to say what I want and then just jumping right in ahead of me. I'm like, we don't want to have like someone has them on and then we have them on right after. We think that's a little bit weird. So <laughs> we <Yeah>. wait. <laughs> yep. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We really, really appreciate it. I think it was a great conversation. So thank you for taking the time out. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you all. Thank you. 
and don't sign off fully yet because it needs to like download once we stop actually recording. So yeah, like, stay in said. here. <laughs> yeah, stay in here, and then it'll go. So. So yeah. now we can say bye to everybody listening because everybody's heard that. So, and I'm not editing shit. So bye everybody listening. <laughs> you can cut it off beforehand. Not doing it. Not doing it. Bye. Guys. bye. <laughs>